I'm Jason Moore from MakingStarWars.net, and uh, today we're going to talk about an eclectic bunch of stuff, I'd say. Um, first, we're going to hit some Andor news, and then a little bit of indie news, and then we're going to talk about what the Writers Guild rules that came out last night are going to mean for Star Wars. And um, then at the very end, we're going to talk about the Flash and Flash spoilers, so I'll give everybody a chance to jump off who likes Star Wars spoilers but doesn't want Flash spoilers or whatever. So that's just how we're going to do it today. And uh, Rob, what did you do yesterday real quick? Before oh, we, I uh, duty my pants. No, I didn't. I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. How do you know? You <laughs> did. He was, he was doing that, that, that kettlebell and he just let it go. But <laughs> That can't happen. No, so uh, hey, everybody. Um, every now and then... I do a little little video with my buddy Paul, frequent infrequent guest here on the Star Wars Paul from the Comics Binge. Yeah, Co- yeah. Comic Binge, Jason. It's not Comics Binge. Sounds yeah, and he, binge. he'll get you banned. So watch out, everybody. Just be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also got me banned by Rob Liefeld. Thanks. He'll, Paul. Do, he'll do that. So he'll I had do. Paul on, mm-hmm. and we did a quick, we did a hour long review on the Joker Mask, which was a comic book series that came out in early two thousand, written by Henry Gilroy of the Clone Wars. So, yeah. you know what I mean? And uh, nice basically, guy. I met him a lot of times. He's really, really, really nice. I just want to say, if you're a fan of the Batman animated series, this basically takes place in that universe. It is the Mark Hamill Joker with mm-hmm. like a being a 90s Jim Carrey mask. It, it's crazy. Like, and the art is brilliant. It's really good. So I'm going to put a link right here now. If you guys go just check it out, you know, help, help, help boost the signal, the algorithm, whatever you want. I'd appreciate it. Boosh. Cool. There's. There's the link to all the things. There's the link. And, uh, and then, obviously, if you're looking at the screen, we got Bespin Bullshit in, who used to just be mm. the producer of the show, but now he did so much today. He's the executive producer. We just decided it because he's the only producer. Just like so, Rick Famuyiwa, uh, I got promoted. Yeah, yeah. you're like the Rick Famuyiwa of the Making Star Wars show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, anything could be Star Wars, Jason. So, you know, and- it could be... <laughs> If we could cover wars and and anything with stars in it, it doesn't just mean Star Wars. Yeah, but uh, Star Wars is a state of mind, Jason. <laughs> That's fair. No, but I mean, yeah, but basically today, Bespin wrote uh, two of the articles that we're using. Um, he went through the uh, Writers Guild rules when they came out last night. We were talking about them, and he extracted them all from the trade articles that were pertinent to, to what we're talking about today and stuff like that. So. Thank you for for all of the work, Bespin. You 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 do a good job. I don't care what they say about you. Yeah, I stayed up till five in the morning doing the Writers Guild and the Flash reactions, and uh, yeah, it was it was a good use of my time. To be fair, and that's why you're. That that's why when you're a sleepy guy, that's why. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So uh, this story right now. Oh. Mm-hmm. That article's pretty rough. Like J- Jason told me about it, like like five minutes before we came on, and I just did it as quickly as possible so, yeah it is yes. excuses it is excuses <laughs> no 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 really like we were like 10 minutes before start time and i was like oh shit look and then uh it was from this uh greenham paper area paper or whatever and then he um like went and did it really quickly so if there's any errors in it if there's any typos anything like that uh, make fun of him judge all of his writing for all time, based off of all this right. one moment in history, yeah. right. that's fair. Just that's only fair. This, this, I want to cover Jeff Snyder quotes. That's that's what you base it off of. That's, we call that's it. We call it a flashpoint. 
we, mm-hmm. we should do a Jeff Snyder quotes podcast. We'll just call it Jeff Snyder quotes like podcast. Yeah. Listen, I'm not trying to say that it, women are. Pro- no, I'm, I'm just kidding. He was a, he always, <laughs> Jeff he always over, I'm not saying that about him either. He always overqualifies it, and I think it's funny. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's so, uh, in the flash reactions later, so we okay. will quote Jeff Snyder at some point. So you will have your opportunity to do an impression. All right, Star Wars Andor season two is currently filming at Greenham Common, Newberry. See, he always has to add that little that little less, but there's only one Greenham Common, but Newberry. I read about Greenham Common. There is only one, only one Greenham well, Common. I think I'm going to say, I've I've read about Greenham Common probably thirty times, and never right, I ever add Newberry. <laughs> okay, and then here's here's something important. Um, before we continue. Kindly ask that you consider showing a little bit of support for the bulletin, you know. And so you could you could click on his coffee page and you could I, you could you could like give him a tip, just the tip, or you could give just him the tip. every month. You could say like, hey, every month I want to give you know five bucks the Bestman Bulletin or four bucks a dollar a month, you know, or a dollar a week, I should say. And then you know if you if you read the site, and you want to support him. And obviously, the more money that he makes and the show this show makes and everything like that. The, the more content we're able to make. Otherwise, uh, you know, people got to go to jobs and stories come out when they come out. Less scooping. Less pooping. Scooper, more pooping. More pooping. I say more scooping, less pooping. Okay? Yes. So anyways, here's the article that Best Ben better have not messed up at all. Um, Newberry Today are exclusively reporting that an unknown series, which they believe to be Star Wars related, is filming at the Greenhand Common in Newberry, Berkshire. Though, it's clear that the production taking place at the RAF airbase is most certainly a Star Wars production, with the outlet even noting a sighting of Moroff, a character featured in Rogue One, a Star Wars story. They have not had confirmation, but it's almost certainly scenes being filmed for the upcoming season of the critically acclaimed series Andor. So right, right here. I mean, that's fucking more off. Like, like I'm completely convinced they they are going there, and that has like really rad like implications, you know, for Force Awakens. Uh, the location may be familiar to Star Wars fans as Greenham Common was previously used for various scenes from Star Wars: The Force Awakens, which filmed at the facility back in 2014, and has been used for other high-profile film and television productions, including 2021's FG The Fast Sucker. F9, the Fast Saga. Sorry, I, uh, did I say FG? Oh, F9, the Fast Saga. And then right here, we got we got a little bit of more off. I think, is that two tubes to his left over here? It looks like from behind. There's no pictures of him from the front. So. Yeah, it looks like it's two tubes. It, it may, may even be two tubes not fully suited, but I think that is two tubes. Um, the Greenham, uh, sorry, the, the news of filming at the Greenham Common follows planned filming at Windspit Quarry being canceled last week for the series. Windspit Quarry was previously used for season one of Andor as the base of operations for Sagarera and his partisans. Here's another picture. That, that is all I wrote because I had no time. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. That, that's that, that's fine because we're. I mean, what's it's cool about it is what it kind of implies is that Sagarera and the homies end up going there and uh, turning that into a secret rebel base for for a time. And then clearly somebody in the resistance or Leia Organa knows about that and decides to repurpose it during the time that the first order is on the rise and no one will listen to her. Mm. So that's, and so they clearly wanted to go back to the original location. It sounds like they probably couldn't. I mean, we're, we're assuming that 
that might be that they were at that base. And then this is a, an episode a year later in a different episode and it, time has gone yeah, by and now they're, they're there, but mm-hmm. I spoke to people in the area uh, and they were saying that they're hoping to get it rescheduled at the Winsford quarry. Um, but they don't know when that's going to happen and if it'll even be suitable for their schedule that they currently have. Right. They're hoping to go back, which is the main point. Right. But when we see them here and we have that connection to there, if they, if so, it could be two different bases. It could be, this is base, base number two or base number one, they couldn't film there. So they decided to use base number two and it makes Mm -hmm. a a fun connection to the forest awakens. And uh, I'm kind of hoping it's there. At the end of the day, if, if it's if it becomes an either or, I'm kind of hoping it is there because I, I like when all of the Star Wars stuff like connects, like I in, in interesting ways. the base, right? I don't want Saw like, does something. Then, yeah, I don't want him just in the base again, just like having yeah. conversations. I'd kind of want yeah. to do something. Yeah, make it just instead of just like limping around. Oh, lies, yeah. you know. Yeah, but it. Uh, I mean, it's it's a nice surprise. That, that that they're back there man b- back in the day when uh, i was covering the the base from episode seven from the force awakens this guy he goes and he like uh he flies his airplane over over the top of it then he decides that flying the air and, and takes pictures and and sends it to me <laughs> and i use it then he decides like this is like his get rich rich quick scheme somehow, and then he's going to like do a contest and everybody's going to follow him and it's going to become like a social media personality or something. Then after I've had it, the pictures up on the site for like weeks tells me he's going to sue me if I don't take them down. <laughs> it's like well, you're a fucking maniac. And now here we are in 2023, and the only person who remembers him is me. What a dumb asshole. Fuck that guy. That um, person was Ben Shapiro. <laughs> no, that person was best been bulleted, and now we're like oh, best bud. No, no I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> your air, your airbuds, airbuds, right? or AirPods, <laughs> AirPod racer. We're just gonna go through the consciousness now. Okay, and then the second article is from a few days ago that I've been meaning to get to. I think it's from. Wait, is this from today or a few days? This is from today, actually. This is, this is from today. Yeah. Yeah, there was another one from Celebration that I never got to. Where, anyways, Kino Loy and Sagarera confirmed to return. In Star Wars Endor Season Dos by Bespin Bulletin, who you can give a coffee right here at ko-fi.com's Bespin Bulletin. If you're listening on a podcast, that's the link. Kino Loy, the character portrayed by Andy Serkis in Andor Season 1, became an instant fan favorite during the events of the Nurkina 5 arc, which saw the character inspire fellow prisoners, including Cassian Andor, and led them to freedom. Devastatingly, Loy himself failed to escape the Imperial prison, which led to the belief that though Kino saved the lives of possibly thousands of prisoners, he lost his own. The scene in which Loy watches his fellow prisoners leap to freedom whilst he comes to the realization that there's no escape for himself became a standout moment from the season, with the Narkina 5 arc itself receiving tremendous praise, as did Circus's performance. Shortly after the arc aired, Andor showrunner Tony Gilroy, not Henry Gilroy, Tony Gilroy, and director Toby Haynes both teased that Kino Loy survived the events of Andor Season 1, but gave no hints as to how or whether or not the character would appear in the second and final season of the Star Wars series. 
Back in March, the Andor Season 2 production ventured to Valencia, Spain, where various scenes were shot, including casting Andor and Mon Mothma's attempt to escape a building on Coruscant, a meeting between Mothma and Luthen Rail and stormtroopers ascending on a building which Rail is in. However, a report from Pedritos and Hoth claimed that Andy Circus had been involved in the shoot, which took place at the City of Arts and Science, and that the actor was also residing with fellow cast and crew members at a location. Later, or sorry, less than a month later, Star Wars Celebration kicked off and Lucasfilm began the events with the Lucasfilm Studio Showcase. The showcase was used to promote various upcoming Star Wars television series, including Ahsoka and Skeleton Crew, and to announce three brand new movies. However, the first project on the building was Ander Season Dose. When Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy and host Ali Plum, or uh, Ali Plum, greeted the Andor cast to the stage. I'm not sure what it is. They, uh, they, Jason, you're you're reading these names like they're Star Wars names. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got you got to. Why wouldn't I, bro? It's a Star Wars <laughs> show. Come on. In the um, real world, it's it's two tubes, not two tubes. All right, <laughs> Ali Plumbus. Uh, anyways, they specifically announced that as the cast of Andor season two, this isn't secondhand information i was in the room for this as were friends of mine oh you got it you had to pull out the friends he's up pulling out the friends card like don't believe me ask my friends i got nick hey watch it uh nick nick is in the in the chat nick nick you are so lame sometimes nick i swear anyways the cast that walked out of the stage included diego luna adria arjona my girlfriend uh kyle soller yeah, uh, Genevieve O'Reilly, uh, your wife, uh, Joplin Sibton, um, Mohanad Bear, and Andy Circus. The event on its own should have confirmed Circus's return, but alas, it went over most people's heads. It did. Because yeah, your friends are did. short, Bespin. <laughs> and, you know, Nick short was like people. five foot seven. Yeah. Like, but yeah. uh, no, they did. They did specifically announce it as the cast of season two. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why nobody really picked that up at the time, because that did confirm Circus's return, but yeah. nobody really did it. I did it when I did the live vlog, but right. everybody else is stupid. You know, I I reign supreme. Also, Vespin, five foot seven's tall for short people. All right, just letting you know. <laughs> like, yeah, you may want to you may want to look into that. But it's like, uh, yeah, when when that stuff was hitting, I mean, it's like three star wars movies that wasn't andor has always been the redheaded stepchild of of the star wars new stuff it's hey. always everything falls off you know mm. weird ass gingers you know what i'm talking about anyways this brings us to present day where entertainment tonight spoke circus along with other members of the andrew cast where andy circus confirmed that he's returning for the second season of the critically acclaimed series circus told the outlet that if kino loy had jumped with his fellow inmates he would have perished, but now he's alive and working out his next move. <laughs> he's all chicks, man. Yeah, I'm out of prison and I'm a horny. All right, adding that to the journey, quote, journey of all the characters only intensifies. So I'm sure fans of the Andor series will be delighted at the return of the beloved Kino Loy, but he's not the only supporting character recently confirmed to be returning. Two weeks ago, it was revealed by Swanage News that Ender Season 2 were setting up the filming for the Windsplit 
uh, Winspit Quarry, a location used in Season 1 of the series for Sagarera's base of operations. This obviously led fans to believe that the rebel extremist was returning for the second season. I'd even heard that Forrest Whitaker was due to film this week, but regardless, it's not confirmation. However, Whitaker has since confirmed to comicbook.com that he's returning for the second season of Andor and revealed that he's safe to say that. Lies! So he didn't say that. He said it was safe to say that. And he could not and did not divulge any details of the highly anticipated second season. As mentioned, the Andor production was set to film at Winspit Quarry, but towards the tail end of the last week, reproduction and the location was shut down and filming was canceled altogether due to the safety concerns caused by bad weather in the area that had since made the location unsafe. Um, I actually heard Sagarera took a deuce in there and they didn't know what to do. All right, so the production is supposedly hoping to reschedule the shoot, but there's been no update as of late. Andor Season 2 is due to release exclusively on Disney Plus in August of next year. So then, once again, you could follow uh, Best Spin on the Bob podcast, his podcast, and uh, you could give him a coffee for writing the article an, and say, it, it might be a good week to give me one. You never know. You know? Yeah, it might, it might be a special week for you when people should be nice to you. That's all. That's, you know, that's what I'll say. I think this is a good week. People should be nice to you. Look how happy Soul Gray is in that picture, by the way. Look at him. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him. He's so happy. He's like, yeah. I mean, do you see other other Star Wars websites using Sagarera looking that happy? They usually have him looking like he just took a deuce in the base and he's angry about it. This not bestmanbulletin.com. No. This is a, like a live action picture of me and doing my podcast. That is Nick yeah. saying some stupid shit and smiling all the time. And I'm right. you know, like, just looking at him like saying, I just want you to die, mate. I just want just, you to die now. Just like, stop talking long. about friends. This is a Star Wars podcast, Nick. I, I'm telling you right now, that's the look Saw had on his face when he found out that the CIA or the Secret Service probably killed Kennedy on accident with an AR-15. <laughs> yeah. That like, <laughs> when they slammed <laughs> on the brakes. It's the best conspiracy theory in the world, and I think it adds up. It honestly does. Yeah. I think confidence reigns. Trust me. <laughs> Yeah, but it, so it looks like basically those two stories sort of talk to each other. It sounds like that location's not safe. They're probably not going to be able to go back. They found an alternate. Maybe in the end, they even thought the alternate was more inspired, you know? So they're they're going there now. But uh, one one quick little Indiana Jones tidbit before we get on to the main thing for the, for the day. Um, this hold is on, from Variety. Hold what? Jason, hold on. What, wait, who is it? What, what's happening? Super chat. We got a super chat. Oh, wow. Shogun Orta says, To me, can't swim thing with Kino was more of a Shawshank Redemption thing. He was afraid to leave the prison like in that movie. He can't swim was random in my own opinion. So thank you for the $5 super chat, Shogun. Well, I, I mean, like, it, what if he came from like a tattooing kind of planet? I mean, at the end of the well, day, that makes the most sense about why he would want to leave the official way. Because how is he going to escape? He can't swim. Yeah. He can't even yes. think about escaping. So it's why he's like, we got to just stick to the plan. There's only one for him. There is only one way out before that moment. And that was the official way. Now right. it's like, well, they're going to kill us all anyway. So you know what I mean? Maybe I can help everyone mm -hmm. else get out. He was only in it for himself up into that point. And yeah. at, when he finally escapes, he's in it to get everyone else. You know? Yeah. Even in that like yeah. quote from Circus to Entertainment Tonight, he does say that if he did jump, he can't, like, he legitimately can't swim. He would have died. Like it's not a, it's not bullshit. Like that's how the council is written. He could not swim. It, it's also not not off the table that he 
said I would all of a sudden came to the conclusion I would rather die than stay here. And he jumped into the water and mm-hmm. uh, other swimmers saved him like that. They all helped him because he helped them. Like I could imagine a, a nice scene like that happening. It's it's possible. Um, I'm hoping it's it's a Gungan. <laughs> you know, he bottles up and Jar Jar does that that that, you know, that dive, but in reverse, right? He doesn't. Oh right, comes out. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe he just pulls up in a bongo and like honks the horn, honk honk, and then he just like gets in. They scoot off. No, it's uh, possible. Also, uh, I just I just want to say it's it's Gungan. It's a uh, Princess Amy Dalla, right? Just so you know, uh, go listen to the Phantom Menace commentary if you don't believe me. That's fair. That's fair, Lucas. Amy Dalla. Amy Dalla. Because yeah. uh, George used to give strippers to a stripper dollars to a stripper named Amy, and yeah. he came up oh, with Amy Dalla. Synthetic. It's synthetic dollars. Yeah, it's, dollars it's all on the cyber, <laughs> a cyber character. She's you were just printing them on cyber. your printer. She didn't we believe had it. Cyber sex. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cyber, and that's how you got the idea of cyber characters playing, trying to yeah. role play yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that and gateway. Yeah. It, it all makes sense. But okay? um, right, but, but the so I I like I like where Shogun's like head was at with it, but he ultimately is escaped, so he does kind of want to go, I guess you know. But but hopefully hopefully there's there's an explanation. There might not be one. It might just be one of those things of, oh look who our new operative is. It's Kino Loy, and then everybody claps. And I'm like, where did he come from? We're not going to tell you. Then he sits them down at a table, and for five minutes we have to hear the story. And during episode six of an eight episode series, he's like, he's like, I jumped into the water. That's when the sharks came, but I bit the fucking shark in the face, (laughs) and I used its fins to swim. It's like, whoa, (laughs) holy shit! Into his gut. And I wiggled around like a mermaid. I was a merman. <laughs> what if it turns out Kino Loy's the one motherfucker who should be in there? Because he's fucking nuts, you know? <laughs> All right. So um, little a couple of Indiana Jones little tidbits. Steven Spielberg, this is from Variety, has seen Indiana Jones uh, and the Dial of Destiny. So Steven Spielberg has seen Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, the fifth installment in the long-running adventure franchise, and notably the first entry to not be directed by Spielberg himself. The Wolverine and Ford versus Ferrari director James Mangold over filming on the Dial. Wolverine. No, 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 Wolverine. Logan. Logan. No, nope. I'm afraid not. Dicks. They, they probably don't know the difference between Logan and the Wolverine. To be it's honest, like with you. Jurassic Park two director Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, but but they probably don't know the, the writer probably has no idea what the difference is. Just, In 1941, you know. director Steven Spielberg and Howard the Duck producer George Lucas. Because <laughs> like I know Logan's the good one, but I didn't even remember. I was like, whatever. Um, anyone anyone worried a Spielberg list Indiana Jones movie? might not deliver the goods can now rest easy as Spielberg himself loved the latest sequel I just had the best experience two nights ago Spielberg said at the time 100 summit Spielberg said at the time 100 summit when asked if he's if it's if it's like watching an Indiana Jones movie he didn't direct he says, quote, Bob Iger had a screening for a lot of Disney executives, and I came to the screening along with the director, James Mangold. Everybody loved the movie. It's really, really good. It's a really, really good Indiana Jones film. 
I'm really proud of what Jim has done with it. Spielberg added, when the oh, lights Jim. came up, I just turned up, I just turned to the group and said, damn, I thought I was the only one who knew how to make one of these. And then, and then it says, Indiana Jones is destiny. <laughs> yeah. I, I, he's I, like in front, no, he's at the front of the table and his back is to everyone else. And then the yeah. chair spins around and we do that, like that vertigo zoom in from, from Jaws, right? And he goes, damn, like, I thought I was the only one who knew how to make one of these. <laughs> yeah. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I will say like, like just having read bajillions of Spielberg things over the years, I think the way he tells the story and the way that it's written all the way with starting with damn does sound like this is actually what happened, you know? And, uh, sometimes he'll, he'll, he'll sometimes he'll say, well, sometimes he'll just say like really nice things about his, his fellow friends and filmmakers. And it's like, instant classic and stuff like that and you're like you know he's not really backing it up he's just saying nice things i don't think i think this further proves my theory that spielberg himself still hasn't watched kingdom of the crystal skull because then he realized he 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 also knows how to not make one no (laughs) crystal skull is 75 percent good it's just 25 percent bad Um, (laughs) it's on the box (laughs) yeah really it's like it's like when uh, high c was made with 20 percent juice right jason Remember? Yeah, no, exactly. Twenty percent juice. Twenty percent juice. No, but but I mean, it, it is it is like like I, I really do like like the film. Like I said, up until Marion, and then and then it has okay momentum until you get to the waterfall sequence, and that literally breaks the, the movie at that point. I don't even think the ending is is bad, but the momentum of the film it just stops. It's like a fucking gremlin came onto the screen and talked to Hulk Hogan for you know thirty seconds, and then they start the movie again or something. And, um, so yeah, but, uh, that said, uh, if you didn't like the last one, you'll probably like this one, you know, does, I I've seen the uh, seven minute clip that Bespin also, uh, saw at celebration and, um, it's so on like it is to form Which, 100%. Yeah. Like I talked about when I was on you previously, about yeah. the clip and, uh, I loved it. It sold me on the movie more than the trailers did. And I'm looking forward to the movie, of course. But they showed it again today at the CinemaCon, and right. everybody in attendance who I spoke to, they all loved the clip as well, and they hadn't seen it at uh, Celebration. So it seems to be winning people over, um, which is a good thing because we could have ended up with another Crystal Skull, but which I don't mind either. But yeah, you know. yeah, it's it, it's like you know, like Dave Dave says, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is good. You give him hell, Jason. Yeah, I mean, it's once again. I mean, if people don't like it, that's totally fine. Like, I I don't care. I I enjoy the movie for like what it is. In fact, but like like the uh, but like my problems with it aren't even what other people's problems are with it. You know what I mean? Like where people are like the monkeys. I don't give a shit about the swinging monkeys. That's that's I find that just to be fine. I just don't care. It doesn't matter. It's like Greedo shooting first. Don't give a shit about that one either. But for for me, like I said, it's um it's all about like momentum, like kinetic energy and stuff like that. And that's what I like in movies. Like. We were talking about uh, Evil Dead, and I was telling Bespin, I'm like, I I, I loved it. The, and if, but if my one critique of it is it never gets the kinetic energy that the Sam Raimi movies do, where it just keeps going and keeps stacking on the ridiculousness and the, the horror and the comedy all at once, that one like lets you breathe and goes back and forth. And I don't think usually... It's a great movie, though. It is a great film, yeah, yeah. If it wasn't, if it was just some other movie not called Evil Dead, I wouldn't even have that criticism criticism of it, but it is. So I do. 
And uh, but I I did love it. I give it like for a horror film, I give it like an eight. You know, it's really good. But that said, um, yeah, Evil Dead and Indiana Jones, both of them have that same thing. They both come out around that same time when it's just about keeping shit moving and like making like the spectacle the audience can't believe how overloaded with rad shit is, that's coming at them. And uh, but that little clip from this new one, it it does it. It does it perfectly, and it's like a combination of ridiculousness and uh, energy and fun, and yeah. So yeah, I'm, great humor and the great back and forth. It's funny and, and Harrison, yeah, like yeah. great action scenes. Yeah, it's it's everything you need in Indiana Jones clip. It's the perfect way yeah. to sell it, I think. Yeah, yeah that that clip I I think we speculated will probably be the clip that will be used on uh, all of the talk show circuits for the actors involved. I would imagine. They usually take around a two minute clip sometimes. And uh, so I can see kind of like that seven minutes being where they pull those minutes from that. That's my guess. Well, anyways. I think Spielberg should have just produced Indiana Jones and the transformers. I mean, they could be in any time frame, right? You, mm-hmm. could, you could have a, you could have a Vespa that transforms into, you know, a bumblebee or something. And we can tie it into the book or, of Boba Fett as well. Just keep AI away from the, Rob, please. The book, of, the book of Bumblebee. Right, mm-hmm. it could all be about ruling Cybertron with respect. <laughs> that's fat. Let's do twelve episodes and just take your time telling that story. Don't don't feel like you're in a rush. You know? right. do. So, this week or last night around uh, I'm going to say around five p.m. ish um, uh, over here on the West Coast, the rules went out for writers. And these rules are going to really fuck up Star Wars to some degree, probably. <laughs> or fuck with it when you want to be this real about like, it. This looks like the shit that plays before Timothy Stack reads it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like right before the documentary. Like the, mm-hmm. the rules went out by the Writers Guild of America. On yeah, on April, April 25th. Ahead of a possible strike, which will right. take place from May 1st, 2023 on unsolved mysteries right like, yeah <laughs> why your star wars trilogy sucked again like you know like... well most of these um uh, most of these rules are for the television productions oh, um shit. so well it can't so, get worse than what we already got jason right no, no problems no, no harm no foul no, it, it, it's it's going to um says you um <laughs> the uh hold on hold on george George is but he hold on he George what what actually uh we're gonna do another show called the uh, Apprentice I guess what that's about Jason I believe it was called the Young Apprentice Chronicles yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah we're gonna have Bar- Baron's gonna be on there but he's gonna mm-hmm. Jet's gonna little, be on it's gonna be all little, the first little yeah, Baron little apprentices as Donald yeah. Trump yeah, yeah that sounds better yeah. but uh anyways the they i don't i haven't seen the official rules uh for like films and tele, um, film scripts hit necessarily there's there's no rules um, you don't have to be in the guild i think it's going to be thing. i think i think there will be i think the rules will literally be the same but they probably are releasing the tv rules first i'm assuming this is a, an assumption on my part because there's way more people writing on a television production than a film production usually uh no 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 john does it all himself like a film one film might have one to five writers typically in some way um in one go but one television show could have a writer's room of 20 so 
it makes sense. No, I'm a I'm a Disney shareholder, and the, the the Star Wars films are written by fifty people, but the shows are written by one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, All right. no problem. Anyway, I I'm gonna go get some barbecue. Peace. Sounds fair. So rules sent out by the Writers Guild of America on April 25th ahead of the possible strike that would take place from May 1st, 2023. And uh, so the principle behind the rules is simple. You or your agent or other representative acting on your behalf may not meet or negotiate with a struck company. And you may not provide writing services, sell or option literary material to a struck company. We need Jason Muse to read this. That's the, guild, <laughs> the, the guild's okay. disciplinary procedures not only protect the guild from conduct harmful to a strike effort, but also protect the due process rights of members charged with violations and include hearing and appeal procedures. The guild have the authority to impose, to impose discipline for violations of the strike rules by guild members. Discipline may include, but it's not limited to any of the following expulsion or suspension from the guild. Um, right. Let me see if I make this bigger, if I could uh, see more. Yeah. All right. Yeah, make so the font guild, bigger for Santa. It's too small. I, I can't do that. Um, discipline is imposed um, enforceable through the courts. So you can literally you get in some pretty serious trouble, apparently. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That's Santa size. Font there you right go. There. I like it. That's. That's big. As explained in detail in the rules themselves, prohibited conduct includes, and then after that, it's just all of these. So, performance of writing services for a delivery of literary material to a struck company and negotiations and discussions regarding present or future writing projects. Negotiations and discussions regarding present or future writing projects. So, what that means is if they want to go and they want to do a Max Rebo spinoff series on Disney Plus right now, and they want to hire a writer or talk to a writer. They have many writers in mind and they want to, you know, gauge interest. Can't do it. They won't, they won't hear you. They, they would be breaking the strike if they said, yeah, I want to talk to you about Max Rebo, a Star Wars story when, when the strike is done. They can't do it. And they can't write the, order. The, what was that, Besson? They also can't talk about current, like, projects. Right. Not just future. Yeah. So, for example, Stephen Knight couldn't talk to Lucasfilm about writing his new version of uh, the draft for the new Jedi right. Order movie. And and on that, as we read through this, I suspect um, if they want to be sneaky and they if they are going to be sneaky, and I don't know if maybe Knight wouldn't be sneaky, but they may offer him a executive producer credit, and we'll see why pretty soon. <laughs> so right. they have to provide notice to the companies to return writer-owned literary material and provide notice to your agent or other representative to discontinue conducting negotiations on your behalf for current or future projects. Now, on this one, it kind of raises a question that I was hoping to get the answer to, but I haven't been able to get yet, because it says writer-owned literary material. And when you write for Star Wars, you don't own anything that you're writing for Star Wars at all ever everything yeah. that you do is turned over That's so right. yeah so i don't know if this necessarily applies but we get tonally where it's coming from you know like your agent needs to stop talking to them that is the the other point so um also if they, not for nothing the show's mm -hmm. called the max pack with max rebo it's him and his new, his new family of of little 
little beefaroni aliens and they go right. on a bus tour and around the galaxy and in in songs to help heal the galaxy it's yeah. about healing and family you know yeah the max and then at the end you actually learn that uh he's a blue shapeshifter and he's been thrown the whole time what he uh, sleeps with the mom that's the, <laughs> the show gets canceled in the ninth episode of a 12 episode season so the rules prohibit the performance of writing services for a strike company in connection with audiovisual or audio works intended for initial exhibition in any market covered by the MBA, including feature motion pictures, television, and new media, as well as the option or sale of literary material for that purpose, even if said material has been completed. So do you guys think that fucks with like audiobooks? Yeah, it's audiobooks. I think it's games as well. Like, if yeah. you're a writer on a game, you probably WGA. You can't continue writing for a game. That's that, and that, they, that's new media, right? That would be considered new media. Yeah, yeah. What if they put out the new trilogy only on vinyl, like the C3PO stories? Right? Like, yeah, yeah. Read along. Yeah, because mm. it's old media. It says new I, media, but well, they didn't say old. Whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? <laughs> Shenanigans, Jason. Because you, know? <laughs> you just Mayhem. ruined you just ruined a lot of writers' lives. Because for the first time, I was reading articles. For the first time, vinyls outselling CDs in twenty years. That's like every year you write this article. So I guess it's it's the same shit. But look, but. I, I grew up in a house where my dad was like, "You can't skirt the." I had to think of every rule, and you can't skirt any of them. You know, and yeah. so I'm just saying that. It, when you put new media, you should new slash old media, you know? Yeah. Because there's too much interpretation. I don't know. It's better than new new metal, tell you that much. All right. Hey. The rules. It, it is. I like though. my shine down. Oh, God. Uh, the what? rules apply to all animated series covered. <laughs> okay. The rules apply to all animated series covered by a WGA contract. Members should assume that projects combining live action and animation are covered by the strike rules. So Roger Rabbit, you're fucked, right? But, um, but all animated series. So I guess you know. I would imagine. I'd imagine Bad Batch is probably already written by now. Jokes on them. Zaslav already canceled all the animation on on the Max, Mm. right? So. Yeah, hey, but, we're getting but, that Gremlin series, which looks fantastic. Does it actually look good? No, it doesn't. It looks like the, good. Uh, um, I, look. I, I know, I know, because it's animated. But the guy who wrote it's a good dude, big Gremlins guy. He was trying to get that as live action, and the animated yeah. was the only money they could scrounge up. So I'm can't fault them for that. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not mad, I'm not mad at him. I'm just mad at the fact that Gremlins is a fantastic franchise that they don't fucking know what to do with because they're not, they're not creative enough as a company. To figure that out, it's fucking stupid. Um, yeah. th- the rules, but up will apply to all animated series. So, yeah, and Bespin said something. Uh, he said, uh, um, "Rewrites. If they need to do any any rewrites while they're you know doing the show or whatever." It's, so it sounds like Bad Batches, if they if it had to come out now, would have to probably do it all in the editing. Essentially, that's how, that's what they would have to to do in the end, and. Um, so it prob- probably won't mess with that too much. I, I had I, I had this like general questions too because like if you want to do, I believe if you want to do business with the companies that are based in the United States like Disney 
and Fox and or which is owned by Disney now, but like you know Warner Brothers and stuff like that. I do think you have to be a part of the a part of the guilds. Like I wonder, like for instance, um, Star Wars Visions season three. I'm going to assume that yet they are planning on doing another one, considering how fast they went to the second one. And unless this one, nobody watches it, they might cancel. But I assume people will watch it, and that there will be a three. I'm curious if this um, means that they got to stop writing three right now. If they are writing three right now, but hopefully they went to like you know fifty different companies or people or groups, and we're like, we want you all to do stuff, and they've all been working on it, and they're just waiting to get it, you know, turned in and bought by Lucasfilm, and it doesn't matter, but it could matter. It could push back a Visions uh, season three. The rules apply that's to how, fiction. That's how, that's how they messed up Return of the Jedi. They, you know, no, you messed control. up Return of the Jedi, George. No, no that's how they did. I didn't do it. They Richard did it. It, and it was it. it was you, George. Huh. I wanted you know I wanted synthetic actors. And you, you, did, you wrote a whole draft wedge with Wedge Antilly as the Han Solo character. That was a waste of your time yeah. and resources. And, yeah. but. The rules apply to fiction podcasts covered by a WGA contract. So I guess I'm guessing that has to do with like those really high quality, like true crime podcasts, but they have fancy jazz music playing in the background and like a really nice, nice writing behind it. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We also got like things like, uh, (coughs) like Batman podcasts and whatever that's been written. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Real, real creative. George. Stop being salty, George. No. 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 no Star Wars radio dramas now, George. You happy? You happy? No more. Hey, uh, I just want you to know Star Wars is for kids. That's why I base it off uh, my experiences with Vietnam in college, just so you know. <laughs> so um, here, here's where it gets a little frustrating and like pretentious. Um, the rules prohibit hyphenates. Members who are employed in a dual capacity. So best this is best been note. If a writer is also employed as a producer, director, or actor on a project. So if you have um uh like like you said, like like Favreau is writing Mando, and let's say he's playing the voice of um Paz Vizla and he's directing it, he can't go write. He can't use that as his workaround. So no so they are prohibited from performing any writing services. WGA members who are also producers, performers, or directors would be legally allowed to continue working provided they do not perform any writing services. And then the best been note says, example, Rick Famuyiwa, who serves as an executive producer and director on The Mandalorian, would be allowed to produce and direct the series, as well as take meetings for his um, producing, directing role, but he is not allowed to write on the project or take meetings on the project as a writer. So a hyphenate member performing non-writing services during a strike should provide the guild with a list of the literary material, including the names of the writers of the material utilized by the hyphenate in the production of a television program or theatrical motion picture. Also, the hyphenate member should provide the guild with copies of literary materials rewritten, polished, or altered in any way during the strike and the names of any writers working on such materials. So that at the end is about, that's about two things. So like, like let's say Henry Gilroy wrote for the Mandalorian uh, next season, and then they start filming and then they start. And so they want to know 
if you're one of these guys that you're not writing, they want to make sure uh, FAMIUA is not writing. So FAMIUA needs to turn over who all of the writers are. Then when that script comes out or that piece is done, if fucking it's been rewritten, then Gilroy says, FAMIUA fucking rewrote my shit. He wrote on it. He's a scab. Get him. And then they get him. Like, that's how it would go. And so that's what that's about, I, I'd say, right? That's yeah, they've got to turn in, in. like, they've got to turn in everything that's already been written. Yeah. So if when the strike is done, there's been rewrites, you know, the questions are going to be asked, and there's probably going to be discipline reaction. Yeah. Um, but they also want you to grass up people. Yeah. And they want you to <laughs> turn in the scams. Um, a hyphenate member should d- determine and remember hyphen it is like i'm a director a writer and an actor all you know multiple things on one production and members should and not one of those annoying people who hyphens their name because they can't choose yeah right? yeah 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 don't, trust me guys i'm very i'm very liberal and forward because my, my name is is um J- jason's sketchcraft bespin ward you know i was all gonna right. say his next wife her last name will be Montgomery, and you're just gonna have it backwards. You're gonna Shut up, Montgomery. And what is this? A whole first bunch. grade? Come on, Rob. Huh? Yes. Come on. <laughs> yes. Yes. And her, and her name's gonna be Mendel. Jason, have you seen my jokes? Like, have you heard these things? Like, <laughs> I, I have. It's true. The right, the writers guild should should definitely charge you with something. Um, I'm not I, writing. This, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> There's no writing going on here. Uh, a hyphenate member should determine and confirm that literary material on which the hyphenate performs non-writing services is not material written in violation of the strike rules. In the event a hyphenate is asked to perform non-writing services as a scabs on a scab script, the hyphenate should refuse. I won't do it. I'm Rick Fanning you and I won't do it because I heard about that other example of what happens to me. In addition, the hyphenate should report the request and deliver copies of such material to the, to the guild for purposes of this rule. A scab script is any literary material written or rewritten by anyone for a strut company during a strike or literary material optioned or purchased by a strike company during a strike. And like one of the things that comes up here later on, um, I think pretty soon is uh, I had been hearing that if you weren't in the writers guild and you sold something like you were fine, you, you were, you were good because you're not in it. So it's like no harm, no foul. That's just the way it is. But uh, according to the rules on here, um, you're banned forever. So I think it means if you're like in like the, uh, what's the, I can't remember what the acronyms like IATSE, like the, uh, like, like theater, like yeah. writers and stuff like that, actors stuff. I think if you do anything like that, I think now you can never go to the, to the D to the WGA ever. Like you're fucking done, bud. Like they will never let you in down the road. So, and so after the strike, yeah, I mean, that would be, you know, you would be, you'd had a little ceiling there because you would never be able to write for any of the major studios again, you know, other than when there's strike times. Um, So anyways, um, hyphenates are prohibited from cutting, from cutting for time, bridging material necessitated by cutting for time. Changes in technical or stage directions. Um, Assignment of lines to other existing characters occasioned by cast changes. So this is going to fuck up a Famuyua and a, and a, you know, a Favreau, right? You can't, he changes in technical or stage directions. So he has to theoretically direct it just how he would have, if it, the way it was done, 
assignments of lines to other existing characters. So, so that means basically no editing, essentially, um, by caching, just changes necessary to to obtain continuity, acceptance, or legal clearance. Casual it doesn't matter, Jason, because this is mm -hmm. for kids. You can just say say the first draft. It's cool. No, no, it doesn't matter. Just want to have fun. Just want to have fun. Just want to see the pew pews and the and the zoom zooms. And I I think I think your problem with the current Star Wars has actually been the uh, fact that it's not the first draft in reality. The fact that it's like the eighth draft where they keep on. Oh, but I'm wrong. Shit I'm telling you, from other shows. What I was in. told that it doesn't matter, Jason. Like you just shoot, oh. shoot whatever. I'm pretty sure you Stop just made trying. up that quote, though, and then Stop now trying. you're like fighting everybody about it. And you wanted to beat no, up Paul. Why do, you, why, do you, why, do you, why do you want to beat up Paul? Um, casual, so casual minor adjustments in dialogue or narration made prior or during the period of principal photography. Such changes um, in the course of production are made necessary by unforeseen contingencies, e.g., the elements, accidents to performers, etc. Instructions, directions, or suggestions, whether oral or written, made to a writer regarding story or screenplay. So basically, yeah, basically, I don't know. I don't know how they move forward with that if they were to to try. Looking at like like Famuyu and Vavro, you can't. They they they. That means like like they are not. If they were, if the strike goes on for a long time. And Mando four starts um, in October, September, October, and they they get going. Um, I think it would mean that they wouldn't be directing on any of those those scripts. I don't think they could, realistically. Right. So um, immediately stop writing for all struck companies. As soon as a strike is called, you must immediately stop providing writing services for any and all struck companies. You may not continue to write or complete writing started before the strike. For a struck company, including making changes or revisions to literary material. You may not start writing on a new project during a strike. You may not perform writing services, even if you work at home or at your own office rather than at the company's premises. This rule also prohibits you from attending meetings or encouraging or engaging in conversations as a writer concerning new pending or future projects or writing assignments with producers directors or other representatives of any struck company you well, may not if they go on this podcast and say what they would like to do and someone just randomly <laughs> writes it down now <laughs> yeah, some, some cab right? yeah right? or some producer just happens to also listen to the podcast hey. it was a conversation we weren't writing so you may not attend pitch meetings or communicate with a company representative to receive notes or literary material, even if you intend to wait until the strike ends to make any requested changes. So does that mean that, and this one, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it's not very clear. Does that mean that like, um, Knight, if they made him an executive producer, can he attend this? He can attend as a producer, but he couldn't have conversations as a writer. He couldn't yeah. change anything as literary material. And they and they can't give him a sack full of notes that he don't open till strike is over, like big Santa gift, you know. <laughs> don't open till Christmas, like you can't. Yeah. And then, and they've all been building up the whole time. So the sooner the sooner the strike's over, we can move forward. That's what they're really saying. Like you can't yeah. build up a list of notes, but we're not really writing. We're just giving our notes, and then I will just magically be able to look at it the day this is over. They can't do. That. Yeah, it, it's like, but you know, I guess it just means. He Drax. that that human can take it in because they you know are 
the same person, but I'm guessing it just means that they can't make notes. At the end of the day, you can't or if you make notes. notes from- yeah, if you make notes or receive notes about what's been said, or, yeah, whatever. N- now you're part. Of, you're in the writing process now. So no. Correct the mundo. So, the rule. This rule prohibits the performance of writing services for a strut company in connection with any new audiovisual works intended for initial exhibition in any market covered by the MBA, including the feature motion picture, uh, including feature motion pictures. So this this does include film television and new media, as well as the option for sale of literary material for that purpose. With regard to animation programming, this rule applies to all series covered by the WGA contract. Writers who wish to perform writing services in connection with fully animated theatrical features and television programs are advised to consult with staff at the Guild Strike headquarters to determine the extent such writing is permitted or prohibited before performing any services for a strut company in order to avoid possible disciplinary action. It is the company writer's responsibility to determine whether the guild is on strike against the company with regards to a 100% animated theatrical features and television programs. Members should assume that projects combining live action and animation are covered by this rule. This rule applies to fiction podcasts covered by the WGA contract. Writers who wish to perform writing services for podcasts are advised to consult with the WGA staff to determine the extent such writing is permitted or prohibited before performing any services for a strut company in order to avoid possible disciplinary action. So basically, basically what they're doing is mm -hmm. Jason, you know what that means? It means you can no longer you you can no longer write all those made up scoops you get right. You can no longer. I'm not in the I'm not in the WGA. But you're a scab. But then you you can never be in it. You're gonna be banned. I'm scab forever. You're scab forever. Well, I guess Kathy, let's write that let's write that new Star Wars movie because I'm a scab. Let's do it, baby. Want to get some shit done? Want to get a draft three? Get your draft three tonight. You just give uh, us some. Just give us like I don't know, maybe like a maybe a twelve pack of uh, Bud Ice. And uh, some hey. cocaine, some cocaine. <laughs> we'll do it a classic Hollywood style for you. Yeah, you know? we also call that the Kid Rock. What? Um, before the one of the writer strikes in uh, the early '80s, uh, what's his name who did Ferris Bueller? We had the idea no, for the, and then yeah, he just went and wrote like the whole script in like a week um, yeah. to get it done before the strike. So you know that that script was written purely on cocaine. There is no way it wasn't. All right. So, anyways, do not. Del- you could have just been listening to the Rocky Four soundtrack. It's pretty motivational. He's probably. Uh- I agree. <laughs> right, Bespin? Right. I agree. Yeah, that makes me want to run through a wall. Yeah. Maybe I know I can do it. I know I can do it. <laughs> I he, was pre- see that. So he was like, I'm- he's like, I don't, I don't want to go to prison for Molly Ringwald. I'm just going to immerse myself in this script. What he said. When I listen to the Rocky Four soundtrack, I know I can climb that mountain. The buggy that <laughs> wasn't built for. I know I can make it. <laughs> when your I heart explodes, you know. Buggy, listen, to, yeah, yeah. But when your heart explodes, as long as you listen to the soundtrack, you know it'll reform into an even mm-hmm. stronger mm-hmm. heart of gold. Right, Basim? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yeah, that sounds. My right. heart will be on fire. Then it'll be a heart of gold. That's fine. Yeah. No way out. No way so, out. One way out. One way out. Do not deliver or submit any literary material to a strut company. Do not sign or deliver documents related to writing assignments or the sale or option of literary um, material to a strut company. 
you may not sign, deliver, or submit any literal material or documents related to writing assignments or the sale or option of literary material to a struck company or to any of its employees, agents, or other representatives. Talking to you, Kathleen Kennedy. Uh, either directly or indirectly through your representative, including but not limited to your agent, lawyer, accountant, assistant, secretary, messenger, makingstarwars.net, batsandbulletin.com, uh, or other representative. <laughs> this Thank rule, you. yeah. Well, what they start doing is that they, they, they start leaking spoilers that we put out and then they write when they're not supposed to. That, that's how we'll, we'll be like the middlemen. All right. This rule applies to literary material of any type, including scripts, um, outlines, or treatments. And also prohibits you from signing or delivering contracts, certificates of authorship, or other transactional documents. This rule applies even when the the negotiation of a deal was completed prior to the strike or the effective date of the deal is intended to be deferred until after settlement of the strike. You may, however, accept payment for writing services performed before the strike or for a sale or option when all steps or acts except payment occurred before the strike. So get your money. You may also accept payment during the strike for the sale of literary material if a struck company unilaterally elects to exercise a pre-strike option to purchase the literary material or the struck company uh, unilaterally extends an option for literary material as long as you are not required to sign and or deliver any transactional documents or literary material during the strike. So... It, you know, like this part right here is kind of boring. I get it. But the the thing that occurred to me during this is when you look at like how fucking locked down like the WGA is in almost every single way. If you don't think that puts the likelihood of those three Star Wars movies into production, going into production up by good, I'm going to give them like a 20% power boost of likelihood that it survives. Like the survivability of that film, I think goes up about 20%. You know, that's just my, that's my estimation because um, it's going to slow down for a long time. So those three films, I think are, they're going to put up with a lot more hassle from those three films than they were before the strike, I think as well. And I think it's also probably why they decided to go with those, with uh, three films and those three films specifically, considering that this strike is, I, I hope I'm wrong, but it sounds like it's going to be like the worst one of all time. That's literally how it sounds. Because like I keep saying, they have to give whatever concessions they give, go to the director's guild as well. So the negotiations for this is going to be like the most knockdown drag out of all of it. So they go on to reiterate, do not negotiate with strut companies for writing services and notify your representative to cease negotiations on your behalf until the strike concludes. Can't, can't they just buy them off with the pizza party though, Jason? That's what my work always does, right? Like, you know, hmm. Well, you know, the, there's let's go, we're going to have pizza. So, you know. I, I keep seeing like, like people going like the writers are, you know, are the, are the powerful ones here. And that's what I want. That's what I wish it was. That's what I want it to be. But they're like, they're used to being paid paltry sums. They're going to, they're going to be able to survive this. Whereas the studios can't. And I, I hope that's actually true, but I also think that when you you have you have these writers that are just like barely getting by, like the at like the right. the journeyman level, I don't know how they survive a year of. I, I see that the the journeyman writers having to go to Starbucks, you know what I mean, at some point, because <laughs> it doesn't really make sense. Um, 
from how little money they were already making. Now they're just getting no money. So anyways, uh, uh, notify your representative to cease negotiations on your behalf. Uh, you may not negotiate an employment agreement for writing services or an option or sell or literary material with a struck company. Even if some or all of the writing is to be done or the sales transaction will be completed after the strike concludes. So you can't go make any sweet deals about like, okay, the minute the strike's done, go write that, you know, go, go write that Kino Loy film about how he could swim now. You know what I mean? Space star swimmers, what's going to be called. And star swimmer will not, can't, you oh. cannot negotiate it. It's star Wars overboard where he jumped overboard. in the water and yeah. got knocked out and but was rescued by a and then well no sagarera it was sagarera sagarera oh, yeah fucks him she's like you're my wife <laughs> <laughs> you're my wife now <laughs> oh shit <laughs> yeah but <laughs> yeah right um similarly you may not instruct or permit your agent other representative or any other person to negotiate such a deal or assignment on your behalf with the strike company hyphenates are prohibited from negotiating new assignments for writing services, even if combined with non-writing services. Think about that. Hyphenates are prohibited from negotiating new assignments for writing services, even if combined with non-writing services. So that means if Favreau wants to talk about his next star Wars series, he cannot do it as if he was the writer. I don't even know how he could pitch one considering the, he's the writer and it's his idea. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. that that probably halts a ton of shit between Favreau, Filoni, um, Famuyiwa. Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. Who? Hmm? What? what? You would just what? fuck Please? every which way. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 got, they, got, they do got the mouse by the balls. Um not my cojones. Oh no. <laughs> no, when you grab Mickey Mouse by the balls, he goes, not my cojones. He's, it's like reversed. Um, as soon as a strike Two is called, <laughs> um, all guild members are required to send the following notice to all strike companies that have in their possession any spec literary material or sample scripts owned by a member or team of members. The notice to the company should be sent in a matter that enables you to preserve evidence of the company's receipt and date of its receipt. You also are required to send a copy of the notice by regular mail or email to Corey uh, Niss at the Writers Guild of America West or to Ann Burdick at Writers Guild of America. Hey, Ann and Corey, give us some fucking spoilers, bros. Come on, hey, hook us up. Like, you know some shit. You, you know, you got some stuff going through. Um, notice to return or delete writer-owned literary material. The Writers Guild strike rules require that you promptly return to me or delete all speculative literary material or sample scripts owned by me and currently in your possession, which includes the following described material by project name or working title. Notice uh, requ notice requirement not only what apply to literary material completed under there, blah, blah, blah. We get it. Okay. So that's a lot. All right. So do not discuss future writing assignments or the sale of option of literary material with a strike company. They, they, they keep saying that. They're like really clear about that one, aren't they? Um, during a strike, you and your agent or anyone acting on your behalf may not discuss or meet with any representative or strike company without possible post-strike employment to write literary material or the sell option of literary material written by you. You and your agent may not send out writing samples to strike companies in order to garner interest in your writing services after the strike. 
So that means like you definitely cannot send your overboard Star Wars overboard idea to to them right now as a w, as a WGA member. You will be scabbing. You will be in trouble. There is a world where some studio, there's a multiverse where some studio tried to remake Overboard with Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley. Like, you can see that, right? Like, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> it's not, that's within the realm Dumb. of possibility. Like, shipping. Dumb. Just call it shipping, right? Shipping. <laughs> what, what, it, what it's going to be is it's actually going to be an AI platform where you just put the two characters that you ship and it and it renders out overboard with those characters. Yeah. You. It's, a, it's a whole platform. Yeah. That that's how we're gonna get I'm, to the writer strike together. Yeah, I could have been a tech bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh so once again don't negotiate financing or production of a project. You may not negotiate directly or indirectly through agents or other representatives, financing or production, any of your literary material with the strike company. Nor may you participate as a writer in the production of your literary material during the strike. So, kind of argues a lot. So you want yeah. to read Santa's comment, Jason? This is why there's no union at the North Pole. Elves make toys and don't ask questions. I, I'd also oh, say no. the, the 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 consistent threat of prima noctra is also a huge. Oh, boy. I I wanted to interview an elf offsite, and he wouldn't allow it. So I, I don't I don't know if I believe it. I think it could be slavery. Um, honor all guild white slavery. Uh, well, honor all guild picket lines and do not enter the premises of any struck company. You must honor all guild picket lines and may not enter the premises of any struck company. This rule also prohibits you from participating remotely in any writing room or other electronic communications hosted by or administered by a struck company. If you are a hyphenate, so that's if you're a Favreau. Sorry, Favreau. Get the fuck out. Um, preserve a digital date stamped copy of all unproduced literary material written by a strike company, written for a strike company, within 24 hours after the commencement of a strike. Each member must save a digital date stamped copy of all unproduced literary material in his or her possession, including in the possession of a writing team. This includes literary material already completed and delivered to a company before the strike. All writing in progress for a company currently subject to the strike, as well as any spec or sample script. If any version of it was submitted to any producer or company before the strike, the, the preservation of these materials will allow the guild to determine the exact status of the work at the beginning of a strike and may protect you in the event allegations of strike breaking or scab writing are made against you or another writer. The member shall preserve the date stamped copy in a secure location for one year after the, the after the conclusion of the strike. So basically, what that says is uh, during that first year, that's when the allegations need after the strike. That's when the allegations need to be made, or the evidence will be lost. But that's when they have the evidence for you or against you. And um, so once again, it it doesn't sound like there's a real obvious way around this stuff. Um, Yui Bull will find a way, Jason. Don't don't, don't underestimate. He's a boxer. He's pretty amazing. I, I like I like that he I like that he boxed the critics and beat them and then lost for beating them. That's so funny though. Right, Bespin? Right, Bespin? I kind of blanked out, Rob. He's, I don't know what you said. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm, I just see Costanza. I want. I don't really. Live, I don't really pay attention to anything, Jerry. And I'm just standing there. I get the look on my face. And... <laughs> you must inform the guild of the name of any writer you have reason to believe was engaged in scab writing or other strike-breaking activity. You must inform the guild of the name of any writer member or non-member you believe is engaged in strike-breaking activity, such as scab writing for or negotiating with a strike company. To the extent possible, you should be specific about the nature of the violation, including the date and place of the violation, the name of the strike company involved, and the name of the project, if any. So, so snitch. Snitch, snitch on each other. And then in this, in, this, uh, in this instance, I think snitches get riches. All right. Mm-hmm. You must you must picket and or perform <laughs> yeah. other, other strike support duties and cooperate with guild committees charged with enforcement of the strike rules and each guild's constitution. In the event of a strike, guild members will be called upon to picket at specific locations or to perform other vital strike support duties. Absent a valid medical excuse, non-writing employment, compelling personal circumstances, this is essential child or elder care, or emergency, you are obligated to perform these duties when and where requested. That means show up to the strike, bitch. If there is a personal circumstance making strike support duties impossible when requested, members are required to arrange alternate times to contribute to the strike effort. So you can't go, oh, I'm not free uh, from from noon to five. Ooh, I guess I can't do it. They're like, well, then you could get up at six in the morning and do this other thing. Um, When requested, you must also cooperate with the strike rules compliance committee in an investigation or with a trial committee convened to hear evidence uh, concerning alleged violations of the strike rules, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, basically do your part, bitch, is that one. Do not attempt to negotiate a settlement of your strike with any strike company. So, so Fabro can't be like, okay, okay, uh, okay here's what I'm going to tell you guys. I, I will make heir to the empire life action if we end the, if you just settle. So he can't, he can't do that. He can't do it. Jason will. Jason will. No, oh, no, 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 that was Fabro. Oh. That was Fabro. Oh, I can't I, you were it. finally giving yeah. him. Nope. He doesn't have the power. He does yeah. not have the power. Well, I'm glad he's not doing it. I don't want him anywhere near that story. So however good your intentions may be, the job of negotiating a successful conclusion of a strike is in the hands of the negotiating committee, the chief negotiator, the WGAW board of directors, and the WGAE council. You know who they should get? They should get the guy who wrote The Negotiator. Remember that movie? They should get him to be the negotiator because I think he can do it. I think he can get everything because he totally figured out that um, um, Samuel L. Jackson was innocent. He didn't do it. You know, it wasn't him. Well, wasn't that I think a we time should, to I, kill? No, that was that was the negotiator, which is actually a badass. Like it, it's it's a movie that I like in the same way that that Bespin likes Fast and the Furious. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we um, should hire Slip and Jimmy to be honest. <laughs> Slip and Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the thing: I could sue the fuck out of you, Disney, or you could just do what what we want. What do you say? <laughs> Bob Odenkirk rolls in with just some footage of them dead bodies. You know, yeah. like, two two kids with skateboard them. helmets show up. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the guild will keep the membership. Tuco, of- Tuco murders them all. Like, yeah. oh no, you scab, you a scab. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. oh, shit. no Tuco, I'm not a scab. 
<laughs> Burn up, you scab! <laughs> and then Sag gets mad at the WGA. Um, uh, the some, guild. Someone, hold on. Someone needs to do a Tuco versus Ric Flair mashup video. Like, right? Okay. Like that. That has to happen. Like, or they should just maybe write it. Write a write a prequel episode where Tuco dresses up as Ric Flair for Halloween before oh, shit so goes really bad. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, I like it. You welcome can't write Vince again. Oh, I, I can. I'm a scab. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna scab. Yeah. That's that's scab. my that's my that's my new. We need goal. Jason. We need we need you to make a strike song. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't be a scab. It's like peaches. No. Right? Scab, mm-hmm. scab, 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 scab. Don't no. be a scab. Scab, scab. No. Won't do it. Won't do it. Uh, all right. No, because I'm kind of like the scabs now. Because that's how I. That, that's how I, like I said. That's how I'm. I'm, I'm going to write the overboard stars. No, the the guild will keep the membership informed about the progress of contract negotiations and strike settlement talks. So so don't try to be a Padme and get it done yourself because that won't go well. You're, you're not authorized. Is the point. So the average Star Wars fan that just sat through that, credit to them. You know, because you. you know most of them turned their brain off. Because I did at some point. Like, <laughs> well, hey, I, I mean, all yesterday, I like, yeah, you know, I did it, but yeah. But now, but now, now we know. Now we know exactly, uh, you know, what, what this means. Like, like before, like I, I sat there and like went through it all, like line by line. Like just now, I, I did think they might give um, Stephen Knight like a executive producer credit to get him in the room. But I still think they might do it to still get him in the room if he's a if he's a breaker. But I don't I don't think he's a they breaker. They thought of that plan. They thought of that plan. Well, yeah, they've, yeah. they've got you every which way. Like there's you screwed no matter what you do. So yeah, unless unless you're one of the guys who co-created Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and you never well, really have to work ever again, Jason. You could be labeled. A scab forever, right. and it doesn't matter because well, well, well. It's like it's like so. Freud says like 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 there is like fucking dirty shit they can do. I mean, if he if he was willing to go along with it, that would be the whole question. Is like if the writers, if he's not, if he's against it, he'd be like, fuck no, take that off, you know. But like they could put screens in there and put the notes that were meant for him from the last meeting or the last thing, just have them up all the time so he's able to look at the screen, you know, and stuff like that. Just There's all kinds of things. Put sunglasses yeah. on. Yeah, sunglasses. You know, he's not looking. He's not looking. Get him some of those AR looking. glasses. A- AR glasses and the, the notes just like show. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, true new media. You got to go old media. You got to go oh. old media, right? You got you to gotta fold the note up in like a football, right? That triangle football, because you didn't pass a note. You're playing football, bitch. It doesn't say you can't play table football in the notes. Poosh! And he just happens to find it, right? No, it was kind of funny, though, because I – I watched like a video recently. Um, I can't remember this name. The guy's like he calls himself Minty on YouTube, and he does like videos about like ten things you didn't know about Batman Returns, and that's the one I watched yesterday. And it was something like that. And it was like it was about this like lost version, the very first draft of Batman Returns, the very first draft of Batman Returns. The Bob um, Gale one. Um, Sam Ham. Sam Ham. Sam, the Sam Ham. It, it has like. Yeah. Like the majority of like when you look at it though, like most like I can see the settings and the characters. Most of it is like all there. Obviously, the script's a different script. The story changes quite a bit, but all of the stuff was there. 
And if you want to look at that in context of this, like they literally could, if they had that draft start production and then by the time the writer's strike is done, have the, the other one done, like, like they're, so that's what I think is going to happen on these star Wars films. Like, I think that like the elements, you know, the green hand common base and the, um, you know, the Tunisian sands and all that stuff. If it was in the, the first early drafts, the two drafts, that's going to be in the movie. But and then those those characters probably going to be in the movie like and so that way they could continue to design and the director can just like fucking work on exciting visual effect sequences and stuff like that you know and, and pre vis. What mm-hmm. a bad time to scrap the script your writers just turn in and start all from scratch. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. But but once again, I don't we don't think that's what they did. I, I don't think that they intend to get a movie out by 2025 and said, uh, thanks, Lindelof, I threw it in the trash. I think they read Lindelof's script and probably were like, we don't like X, Y, and Z. And then they probably told him, we need us, we need a second draft really quick and we need we want X, Y, and Z changed. Um, Ray, We want Ray to be the, the, the full protagonist. We want the protagonist to then now be an emerging character. Do the home, And then that's his homework and he goes out and types away well even even like they wouldn't stop from scratch even if they just give him the bay bones of the Lindelof script he is working from something like yeah he he does have a, a base of a structure probably and that's pretty good it was interesting as Kathy said he was due to in the script in the middle of May mm-hmm. that is not happening now okay like, th- that that I isn't what she early. no I I read her 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 dialogue really specifically she said and six weeks. she said she said six weeks they'll be reading it so so he could have it in on on May 1st and then they're going to take those copies and then they're going to they're going to look at it probably but they're probably going to go and print them up and they're probably all of the story group is going to read it and then they're going to get together so that 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 could mean he has it in May 1st before May 1st and then they they're going but the meeting where they cuz they also need time to read it make their notes stuff like that so I, i'm gonna i'm just guessing that like two of those weeks don't even count also, is, is, jason, any of those meetings jason then, sounds yeah, like one can. of those parents that, that 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 goes i'm not saying no but mm-hmm. i'm not saying yes well i mean it does it does make sense that like like you know if you have like a script and you have like a, a essentially a writer's board who is needs to offer quality notes and like have their thoughts together and having processed it and really know the material in order to have like those, those discussions, like, like, you know, Kathy might sit there, you know, and read it the first day that she gets, I don't know, but, but everybody else who has to read it too. Are the story Um, group uh, considered part of the writer's school of America? You'd assume so, right? So they can't be involved in these meetings either. If it relates to the story. They, I'm going to say a lot of them, some of them definitely are. Some of them definitely aren't. And I'm just looking, you know, from memory and who I know is involved. Well, Pablo, yeah, he's never written anything for for film. And then you also like in terms of um, I don't know if you – so you get a credit for writing, like I said, if you do over 30%. And when you look at like the a lot of the past story group work that they've done, um, they haven't been credited and it hasn't amounted to 30%. But if they they are employed – Oh, at all. Yeah, yeah, as as right part of the WJ, they can't be part of any of these meetings. No, no, it went at one hundred percent, and that there's there's so that's that's the whole thing is like yeah, like 
like for instance, uh, who's somebody like Rain Roberts? What is Rain Roberts mm-hmm. in the DGA? She's big enough. She, pr- she probably really is. Like most likely is, and most likely like does a uh, you know side work and stuff. You know, script doctoring or something like that. You know, uh, consulting and some something on movies because of who she is. So so most likely somebody like her definitely would be. You know, but at the same time, um, like Dave Filoni, can Dave Filoni read? This as a director? Yeah, he flies me. He paused. can read, right? <laughs> you paused. <laughs> right? But 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 he I think he could. I think he I think he could. Jason. But, Jason. Yeah. Can you read these? But he also but you also can couldn't you like really these? offer notes on it, could he? These nuts? No, you can't offer can't offer Oh, notes. oh you know that joke. Damn. Yeah. Always works on Joe. I don't understand. I know you always use that one and like, and doggy style fries that in and out. They they don't appreciate it. They it's don't true. appreciate it's, it. I'm, Cause I'm a writer, Jason. I'm a writer. Yeah, but but oh, where where, where I'm going, go. where I'm going with it though too is there the, like I've known of people, for instance, who've been on on the um who've been on on the uh writer story group or whatever who were like academics. And and aren't Ooh. writing in Hollywood? No, no, no. But they're, they're not writing in Hollywood. They're they're, they're like oh, like see. like literary critics of sorts and stuff like that. Right. Or who would say like you know and, and who could take shit apart and stuff and give their their analysis and stuff. So uh, point being, um, yeah, we do, we've never really known how many people are on there, but and then there could be people on the story group who like literally aren't in the DGA because they're like I don't actually like write like for for these films. I just do this other thing. So it's it's uh it's it's a good question. Maybe somebody from Lucasfilm will tell me or tell you. Um, that would be nice because I'm I am just really curious to know. You know, it's a it's really well, kind of here at makingstarwars.com or net. Which one is it, Jason? No, uh, you know, it depends on if you like Mark Hamill or not. All right, all right. We here at dot Mark Hamill. Yeah. Uh, we uh we support the union. We support the <laughs> Um. Okay. So you guys want you guys want to talk about 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 the Flash now? Before we get into the Santa got called Star Wars DeSantis in the chat. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Uh, Sorry, I was just ooh, start... concerned citizen. Star Wars win. DeSantis DeSantis Claus. Uh, oh no. DeSantis Claus. <laughs> Star Wars DeSantis. I, you know what? That's gonna stick. It's gonna stick. <laughs> Oh, and also there was a um, there was a clip of uh, Jude Law. I don't want to play it on the show, but um, on the uh, Tonight Show, I think Jimmy Fallon, and uh, he just like reiterates story beats and says he was only starstruck when he saw a Jawa or some shit like that. But so if you you know if you're curious, it's out there on the old internet and you can watch it. But you know whatever. So all right, it's time for time for like flash dance. This is this is Bestman Bulletin. Went through. I'm starstruck when Jennifer Beale shows up. Fuck a Jawa, dude. <laughs> well, Jennifer Beale. Moto would. She would fucking Jawa. Yeah. yeah. Palin Moto did. So <laughs> anything's possible. But okay. So so let, let let's let's look at at some of the the uh, reactions. So discussing film. To, to, this is to Flash. The Flash manages to deliver glorious high thrills, and Andy Machete captures what many of us have always uh, dreamed. For a cinematic flash story, there's also. I, I just want oh. people to know you might be hearing spoilers here, so if you don't well, want to get spoiled, 
these are the reactions for the batman yeah. movie in which all the heroes lose for certain nothing <laughs> yeah. none of the good guys will win batman will definitely die everything will go to shit don't 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 be here for this right. um it captures yeah um flash story but there's also plenty of just bizarre decisions some story related and others technical not amazing but still pretty good at times collider says the flash is fantastic i know ezra miller has made a lot of mistakes but they but they are so good in this movie okay see see when they when they, when they play the uh, the uh, pronoun game i think that uh, ezra miller has made those mistakes in the movie and they're great <laughs> like he's feeding babies bullets and shit all right the flash is fantastic I know Ezra Miller has made a lot of mistakes, but they are so good in this movie. Loved Keaton, the action, humor, and emotion. Um, Andy Machete, is that, is that, is that is his name, right? Machete? Machete. Yeah, Machete. Um, Machete has uh, crafted something special. Thumbs way up. Warner Brothers didn't show the after the credit scenes. So no post credits. Then scenes. that means the movie didn't count. Hey. Right? Um, we only, only watch it okay. for the after the credits. The after credits always shows up on the internet before the movie comes out, anyways. Um, Jermaine says, uh, "Old man Jermaine from uh, from IO9 says the Flash is is as good as rumored. It's back to the future meets Spider Man, No Way Home with humor and heart of the former and actions and surprised of and surprises of the latter. If anything, it might be too ambitious. It's incredibly satisfying, heartwarming, and fun." So, all right. He didn't like I, the Mario movie, by the way. Yeah, I mean the the Mario movie. Lose, lose the uh, yeah, the, the Mario movie as a film is not fantastic, but the Mario film as a Mario film is fantastic. No. That's no that's Mark the Mark docks him now. No, I'm not saying that. No, but, like that. Um, but you know, pitchfork him, right? Like you could tell you don't like the Mario movie. You know, like yeah. No, I mean it, you know. Good. It's it just it has more cultural baggage to uh, deal with and deliver than um, I think like a film critic would would acknowledge and for their perspective rightfully so, but the Flash is absolutely one of the better DCEU films and arguably the best. Michael Keaton makes the movie and he is still still the Batman to beat. It's a little messy but a significant step in the right direction and the DC film we deserve. All right, you guys ready? You guys ready for this? The Ann Snyder. The Flash. First hour is pretty fantastic and, and strikes the perfect tone. Ezra Miller is great. It's heroic, funny, and emotional. The last hour is mostly terrible. Just an utter mess that'll have you asking what's going on. Fan service and DC villain problems strike again. Mixed bag overall. He, right. uh, he then started calling out like his fellow critics on Twitter and like even people he works with like Perry Namorov and Scott like Manson wherever they all like yeah. the movie and he was just right. going in he was just pissed off that people like this movie like, <laughs> gonna, gonna, he's like you know what fuck you let's fight but yeah I mean I don't know I don't know what, how that's going to help him but anyways uh, variety critic number one the flash is it it's fine number one and number two <laughs> yeah okay variety critic number one the flash is an ambitious movie with very little to say packed with cliches and far longer than it has to be it shares themes with similar titles but doesn't execute them nearly as well it's a far cry from the best superhero movie of all time so that person is literally like answering what the what the 
kind of corporate spiel has been of we've made the best superhero movie of all time. They're like, oh, you're going to say that? Suck my dick. No. To be fair to them, like like when you put world's greatest pizza on front of your pizza shop, they are the first studio to ever claim to have the world's greatest comic movie of all time. No one's ever come out. I mean, no, no studio's ever been like greatest superhero of all time in 20 years. No one's done that. So they get to, right. they're like, <laughs> they, they're planting that flag on that moon, you know, like MTV yeah. style, just, just claiming it. Let's do it. So, okay. Friday Creek number two. The Flash is not one of the greatest superheroes to, to ever. The Flash is not one of the greatest superhero movies to ever exist. Parts are funny, and the movie is fun, but I was certainly exhausted by the second hour. It took me at least five minutes to recognize Michael Keaton when he first appeared on screen. So make of that what you will. Scott D. Menzel says the Flash is hands down one of the best superhero movies of all time. No joke. The Flash is the ultimate movie-going experience as it has a little bit of everything, heart, action, humor, emotion, and plenty of nostalgia. Ezra Miller is phenomenal and dual berries. Michael Keaton and uh, Sasha Calais are... Is how you say it? Calais or Call? I don't know. Are, Kale, is it? Kale? Sasha Kale are also very are good also. This is a film that will have audiences watching over and over again. The Harloff says the hype is real. It is a really great film. It's one of the best superhero movies of all time. I don't know. Is it Michael Keaton? Great. Absolutely. He is. Ezra Miller has done a great job as, as the two berries in contrast to the criticism of Shazam. What, where Zach Levi didn't do a good job portraying an 18 year old properly, but that's not the case here as he's portrays both so well. So much so that I was annoyed by the younger version before realizing the angle at the and the and the art. Andy Machete does a great job directing this one. It's a good length. It's emotional. It's powerful. It's spectacle. It starts big and ends big. So that's a pretty good endorsement. If you tend to tend to agree with Christian's uh, Harloff's uh, opinions, then I think you're gonna like the movie. Um, Cinema to Mando. Cinema Blend says. Nostalgia and hilarious with tons of heart and outstanding performances from Ezra Miller. I honestly cannot believe the flash exists. It's magical. Joe below says, believe the hype folks. The flash is a true is truly one of the great superhero movies. Ezra Miller two times Sasha and Michael Keaton are great. It's pretty, it's pretty perfect for the type of film this is and could hope to be. Um, um, Perry Nemirov says caught an unfinished cut of the flash and dug it quite a bit. Uh, especially how the narrative challenges Barry into who he is, um, who could become, and who he could become, and how he's influenced by the people in and not in his life. It's a successful mix of heartfelt coming of age story. Blah 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 blah. Same shit. Scott Mann says the Flash is awesome, one of the best DC movies with a perfect bit of action, humor, and heart. So they're all saying that basically. So many chilling, inducing moments that longtime DC fans will love. Ezra Miller is superb, and Michael Keaton has still got it. Eric Goldman says, The Flash is legitimately great. It delivers uh, fun, creative, and thrilling moments. I felt that I had not seen in a movie or in a million other superhero films. It had me smiling from the Warner Brothers logo to the end, and I dug the stuff in the movie from the past DC films I was not into. 
Um, it's is it the best superhero movie ever? I don't know. There's a lot of strong ones at this point, but is it a major standout for DC? And feels like it's a fitting way to close out the insane peaks and valleys of the, of the DCEU. And then Campia, the final quote is, I just got out of seeing The Flash. Some people have, have been saying it's the greatest comic book moment of all time. It's not. But it's great. It's a wonderful movie. The action is great. The story is wonderful. The performances are fantastic. There's a lot of surprises. It's very funny and has a lot of heart. I don't want to overhype it. It is not one of the greatest of all time. But it's very good and well worth the hype and the hype and, and excitement. So is it better than Condor Man? Because we all know that is the greatest comic movie of all time. I don't know. A comic book artist gets to become his own character, Jason. That come sounds on. come on. It sounds it sounds like you like it for personal reasons, Rob. Mm-hmm. Come on. It has an animated intro. By the way, mm-hmm. in 2001. I was in an eBay fight over one of the cells <laughs> for Condor Man, man, and I it got me up to two hundred fifty bucks. And I'm like, "Fuck, dude! I just can't. I got a lot of money for." All right, let's, let's talk about Avatar. Like now that he's let's talk about Avatar. About yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Well, I love John Roca, but he did claim that uh, the Flash movie would make two billion dollars. Like he did, I guess, yeah. I, I guess because an Avatar movie comes out, now everyone thinks any film they like will make $2 billion, right? Like Mario probably ain't going to make $2 billion. And, no. and I can tell you that only because the overseas is the, is the same as America. It should mm. be double what it's doing here in order for that to happen, you know? Yeah, so it's going to cost a billion this Sunday, right, Mario? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for yeah. certain. I'd say somewhere between 1.5 and, and, and 1.3 and 1.5, depending on this is, maybe 6. I think I talk to Jason that often. So little films actually cost a billion dollars these days, like post COVID, right. like post COVID. Yeah, very few. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I I don't know if the next Star Wars movie reaches a billion. I think people studios should stop worrying about that because mm-hmm. Spider Man Homecoming made like six hundred something, maybe seven hundred million, maybe. But well, in profit, the other two crossed the billion. They, like the Batman made seven hundred fifty million, but Batman two could make a billion they got to focus on just making a really engaging film mm. and then since they know they're going to make a sequel the sequel will make the billion you know they got mm. they got to stop with this the movie that comes out is the billion maker because when they shoot for that fucking they got to get so- audiences on their side and right now audiences are just skeptical of everything like super skeptical like even when you got a, a movie people <coughs> universally seem to like like dungeons and dragons people won't go see it like when i was coming out of mario I was at the late, 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 late showing, right? Because I don't want no one with me. And as I'm coming out, like three guys are out there and they're making their own vlog, right? They got their phone up, right? And, the, and, the, and they're, they're, they're reviewing Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. you know? And then he's like, I didn't, yeah, I don't like the world. I don't care for the game. I thought it was going to be trash. But all my friends, like, and these eight nerds were dragged me in here and it was pretty good. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, like, like, if they if they really said okay we're gonna make one more Dungeons and Dragons it could make more if they properly market the first one on video build a fan base get a grassroots thing going on you know so there is a, but the idea that just because you have Superman and Batman on there it's gonna make a billion is not true they made a Justice League movie that man it still made seven hundred million dollars but it, it had everyone in there and it didn't make a billion like the billion thing is to me like you have to like you almost have to hit. You have to hit the some zeitgeist in a group of fans that either we or are or are not in. Like, 
families just got to go see it or you know a gaggle of women have to go see my greek wedding or you know like one of those one of those fucking things like it has to hit a real it's a certain group really hard to keep going and going and going and going the star wars films i mean the the, the prequels none of those made a billion you know so it's like yeah they they they, they did in the in the end like um because <laughs> of the releases and videos with with the uh Hollywood with the accounting. uh with no with the um 3d release 3D. Um, Phantom right. Menace crossed. Right, that first one is the first but, one that got the closest. But, but but here's but here's why it matters because that 3D release didn't make any fucking money at all. So it just right. needed to be a little boop to make it the billion. Yeah, the blip. It was close. Blip yeah, blip. yeah. But <laughs> it was. If, if if you build a solid first one, you it's not it's the opposite of the way it was in the 80s, where if you had a hit, then you had this gradual loss with every film coming out. It used to be 70 percent. A sequel would bring in 70 percent. Yeah. Different now. You build right. a solid film, that may not be the billion, but I guarantee you, whatever Puss in Boots movie comes out next is going to do twice what this fucking Puss in Boots did if it was decent enough. Yeah. You know, like you have, if you, it's different now, but you got to build that goodwill. And I do think a lot of the comic book, you know, the Marvel DC, they've they built some bad will up. You know, the people, they feel a little taken advantage of. There is that mm -hmm. zeitgeist out for there for that. But you, you build a solid one, let's say like this Flash, then the next, I mean, they can't, they can't make another one though, because they're rebooting the whole fucking cover. But the next time a Michael Keaton Batman shows up, <laughs> yeah, like what the do you do with, with it, the, right? The thing is with the Flash, they might be able to keep that version of the character, like based on how that movie ends, they might yeah. be able to keep Ezra Miller's uh, Flash. Yeah, well, well, uh, well, you you did a really good write up of of a collection of the spoilers from it, so. We'll like we'll like go through and 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 read it right now, and like then we get. Oh, we, we need a big spoilers tag for people though, Jason. Can we have a big... just be on the whole time though. Huh? <laughs> oh we just, wait, that's we just be on like the whole time. Can we but... call this making spoilers .com? Like we, we need a we need a no spoilers tag when there's when we're in that zone for that two minutes of the show. I've seen the analytics, and the average watch time is seven minutes. So I mm -hmm. think we're good. Like, I think we're yeah. good. <laughs> like anyone's paying attention. Um, the film begins with Flash and Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck's Batman, chasing bank robbers who also blow up a hospital, which requires Flash to rescue falling babies along with patients, doctors, and nurses. Um, did did he put bullets in their mouths? Sorry. Um, as Batman continues to capture the the robbers. Woo! Um, we, we discover how Barry Allen got his powers and became the Flash. He was struck by lightning in 2013, the year of the events Man's, Man of Steel took place. When in, investigating his mother's murder, um, Barry, with his newfound powers, helped evacuate the city of Metropolis following Zod's attack and battle with Superman. Back in the present day, and Barry has missed his father's court case due to him helping in the capture of the bank robbers, and his father remains in prison. Bruce Wayne meets with Barry, where they discuss the possibility of Barry using his powers to run back in time and stop the death of his mother. His father, Henry, is in prison as, he, as he's believed to be the one who helped kill Barry's mother, Nora. So, so daddy's in jail, mommy's dead, Flash got struck by lightning, and now he's fast. Did he so, bury his mother on a golf course? 
I'm just waiting for one of these Zack Snyder cultists to go get struck by lightning so they could run fast. Uh, anyways, despite uh, Bruce, at, at, <laughs> despite <laughs> Bruce advising Favreau now run fast like the, like the old lady. <laughs> it turns out Favreau was a big Snyder boy <laughs> the whole time. He's all like on the internet talking <laughs> yeah. shit and everything. Me- all right, remember remember the old lady with the hairnet and the cigarette in her mouth who ran mm-hmm. really fast in Kung Fu Hustle? I want. That oh version. shit! Oh, the um, yeah, I want that. So despite Bruce uh, advising Barry not to travel back in time, Barry does so anyways and goes to the year 2001, the year his mother is murdered. Barry to listen to new metal. Barry goes when he to, arrives in 2001. Remember how in the Back to the Future you had a Mr. Sandman? Do you do you hear when he arrives in 2001? He hears, I did it off for the nookie. No, no, for the nookie. No. Off for the nookie. But he hears no. he hears Hooba Stank's Michael Jackson cover. That's what he hears. That's nuts. Alien and farms. Michael oh, alien, coach. alien. And, they all suck this thing. They're all trash. <laughs> Come on. They had a wrestling ring video. Jason backyard wrestling. Yeah. Come on, man. Or, or, okay. Okay. He hears vanilla ice's ice, ice baby, new, new metal version. That's what he hears. There was no new metal version of my, and Papa Roach, right? Let's do some. No, Papa no, Roach. no, no. Vanilla ice tried to reinvent himself as a new metal in guy. And re, and re, not, it might've been, it might've been after that, but the point still stands. You don't um, read this. What it, come on, Jay, we want in this dimension, here. vanilla ice did it in 2001. Do you think they're listening to St. Anger when, when we, when he reappears in 2001? No one listens to St. Anger. Uh, <laughs> um, Barry goes to a grocery store and steals canned tomatoes, so the store has none to sell. And and his reasoning—that <laughs> yeah. line is that's uh, I'm here for the canned tomatoes. No, I no. Have none to sell. <laughs> the, this is that was just something Ezra Miller did. That was just random. I'm like, you know what? Let's edit it into the movie. No, um, okay. Barry goes to a grocery store and steals canned tomatoes, so the store has none to sell. And his reasoning for this. Is so his mother is out of the house longer and avoids the time she's murdered. Mary's um, Barry's mother decides to venture to another grocery store after visiting the one Barry stole the canned tomatoes from and avoids being home at the time she was set to be murdered. Barry has successfully achieved his goal. Happy with the, with the outcome, Barry races through the speed force to return to present day and he's attacked by Dark Flash. And he's forced into the year 2013. Now, I'm just going to say, shouldn't his father have been murdered since his mother wasn't now? Hmm. Anyways, um, Barry discovers that his mother is still alive in the year 2013 to his delight. But he gets discovered by his younger self, which is what we saw in the trailers, um, who who does not have superpowers. After the two uh, have a talk, they realize that younger Barry will likely never become the Flash. So Barry takes his younger self to be struck by lightning. Good plan, boys. Um, the plan is successful, and the younger Barry gains that's such his... a Doc Brown. That's such a yeah, Doc it's... Brown experiment. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, I hope it's fun because it sounds ridiculous. Um, the plan is successful, and the younger Barry gains his powers. However, the lightning also strikes present-day Barry, who loses his powers. Oh, no. Around this time, I mean, generals, yeah. I mean, which version of the? I'm interested to know which origin because first there was the chemicals that hit him in the lab, and then the lightning hit the chemicals, and you know, then there's the speed force stuff. 
this must just be random lightning contained superpowers because that's a bad lesson to teach kids <laughs> like, like yeah, if this has some mystical or chemical component to it if it's just go stand out and get hit by lightning i mean jason we might be in for an epidemic I, i'm <laughs> i i'm yeah well when, when i when i first read this i assumed that there's something special about barry that when he gets struck by lightning it leads to superpowers Mass hysteria jason do you understand but, what i'm talking about here yeah Mass oh yeah hysteria. <laughs> dogs and cats living together um around this time general zod arrives on earth seeking out superman but there's no superman to be found the two berries realize superman isn't there to save the day so they attempt to locate Batman. They discover Wayne Manor, but notice it's different to the one present day Barry knows. And it isn't until they meet Michael Keaton's Batman instead of Affleck's when they realize Barry tangled up the two timelines, either on his quest back in time to save his mother or when he's attacked by Dark Flash. Barry wants to mix the timelines and merge universes he's created. Or Barry wants to fix the timelines and merge universes he's created, but he can't do it alone. And younger Barry agrees to help. As he does, Bruce Wayne, uh, as does Bruce Wayne, after initially being reluctant and suits up as Batman. But first, they need to deal with Zod. Batman discovers the location where Superman is supposedly being kept. A mil- military base in Siberia. Batman and the two Barrys take the bat plane all right you you want to you want to get him I on that one Rob? To, you i wanna... changed it to bat wing oh yeah I, I already copied what you wrote and put oh, it into this oh shit yeah get yep. that shit right bestin yep call the bat and, and then batman takes the bat car and you know and he does bat tesla and he <laughs> I, how do i know i can believe anything in this document when you think it's called the bat plane yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he super Uber what? his way to Metropolis? Huh? One huh? time, uh, when when I the first thing I did, the first article I wrote when I had COVID, um, when I started to feel better, but I was still like in like in the fog of it. I spelled Ahsoka like wrong, like consistently throughout the whole thing. I remember I, that. And like this person, like, I can't believe. I no, <laughs> that, that would have been funnier. <laughs> Ahsoka, that's. Yeah, that's 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 the uh, movie on Pornhub. That's a different one. But um, I was like, uh, I was like, yeah, they're like, how could I believe anything you say? Because you said, us, you know, but anyways, um, why are the Internet trolls sound like Saul Guerrero? Like when you do it, lies <laughs> uh, a military base in Siberia. So Batman and the two take the Batwing to the location where they break in and attempt to rescue Superman. However, to their surprise, there is no Superman but there is a super girl jackpot woke, woke. Um, Kara Zor-El who was captured as a child and has spent her life in uh, spent, spent her life inside of this prison as the group makes their way to the base. Hold on. Super- Did you just say she was captured as a child and spent her life in a prison in the snow Making toys, huh? No, huh, Jason. No, no, maybe it's Santa Girl. Hmm? No, hmm? you think maybe Santa's Zod? That makes more sense. Um, Ooh. as the group the makes their way, Santa. as the group makes their way through the base, Supergirl is powerless. But upon seeing the exit and bathing in the sunlight, yeah, Supergirl activates her powers 
and abandons the group. She's like, bye, bitch. Um, the group uh, <laughs> fight off. You? Yeah, later. I'm out of here. Later, losers. Yeah. Um, fly, bitch. Please. Yeah. I'm super By the way, Jason, that's exactly what I used to do in a video game called City of Heroes. The only MMO yeah. I ever played where yeah, you could like you could you could make people your sidekick to help level them up. And so I was a yeah. superpower character who could fly, and I would take them to super danger zones. And I would just fly away. So when they died, they'd respawn in a hospital in that danger zone. They could never get out. It was, it was the best. You're a piece of shit, Rob. You're a piece of shit. I am a piece of shit. I have a terrible piece of shit. You were a super villain. You were a super villain. Yeah. 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 Santa would like that in City Heroes. I was Captain Christmas. And my only thing was to be annoying. And I, I was like a, like a, like a, like a, like an army guy with like, a, like one of those like World War II helmets, you know, like the green army helmets, mm-hmm. but it was all red mm-hmm. and white. <laughs> oh, 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 he's gone. He froze. He froze. I, I like it. I like, I'm so glad he froze right there. Yeah. That's man. like the, uh, that's the 80s caption at the end of A Team, you know, like, dun, 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 <laughs> and they freeze. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> hmm. No, he's back. Damn it. It's weird. I could hear you guys the whole time. It just, just the service just went stupid. Oh. Yeah, strange. All right. Back to the story. So, okay. So the group fight off the overwhelming amount of guards. Wait, Supergirl activates her powers and abandons the group. The group fight off an overwhelming amount of guards and are seemingly going to lose. That is until Supergirl returns to save the, save the day. What? Did she just need some? sun power or to pee or something um the group returned to wayne manor and shortly after we discover that younger barry has developed a crush for supergirl given zod's arrival on earth this is of the essence and the present day barry needs his superpowers to help combat zod batman attempts to restore present barry's powers by electrocuting him in various ways (laughs) but is this, honest, is this a, this is a is fetish like film? This is you, me, investment. This is you, me, investment. Really? Like, like, yeah, he's like. It turns out in this in this universe, Batman is not really super scientist guy. He's just kind of like, well, what if we just like get some jumper cables and put them on your titties and turn on a battery? What happens? I've always related to the Keaton Batman, and now I know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I mean, and where's Vicky Vale's body? Answer to that. Uh, Supergirl decides she's buried to, yeah, right, to fly. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, Supergirl decides to fly present day Barry into a storm in hopes that he gets struck by lightning, which he does. You can just do that, and his powers are restored. The group arrive at a desert where Zod has begun terraforming the Earth. And a massive battle ensues. Is he is he terraforming it like Krypton or something? It's um, the Man of Steel bit with the. I haven't watched that piece of, of shit in years, so I don't it, really remember. He has like those world devastators that come down okay. and flip the concrete up and down and smash it. You know. Yeah. Oh, okay, so so he he read Dark Empire and then did that. All right. However, frankly, so did J.J. Abrams. If you really want to get into the Rise of Skywalker, but you know, that's fair. However, Batman and the Supergirl both die during the confrontation. Batman and Supergirl. Damn, that sucks. Present day Barry travels back through time several times to save the lives of Batman and Supergirl and to redo the fight. But every time Batman and Supergirl, uh, they ultimately die. Present day Barry gives up on trying to save Batman and Supergirl, realizing that it's a fixed point of the timeline and it cannot be changed. Young Barry refuses to accept this and keeps trying himself until he vanishes inside the speed force. 
So the speed force. Yeah. So that, like, like that's why, but that's also why I thought his dad should have died instead of his mom. Like if he saves his mom, then his dad dies, you know, like there's gotta be kind of a, some kind of evening out there, but anyways, whatever. Uh, the dark flash returns inside of the speed force and fights present day Barry. And this is where we discover that the dark flash is younger. Barry, the dark flash has come Shocking. to hate present Barry for traveling back in time and causing all the timelines to meld the death of his two friends and sees Barry as the reason he's been struck. He's been stuck in the speed force for years. The dark flash has been, has been for several years traveling through the speed force, attempting to save his friends and trying different um, permutations, but comes to the conclusion that the only way he can succeed is by killing present day Barry. Barry realizes he made a huge mistake. Yeah. Barry realizes he's made a huge mistake traveling back in time to save his mother and runs off to reverse what he's done. The dark flash gives chase and they both um, run through the speed force. The dark flash eventually captures Barry. And just as he's about to end his life, younger Barry appears from earlier in the timeline and sacrifices himself to save present day Barry, which causes the, the death of the dark flash paradox. Yeah. Present day Barry races back to 2001. And when doing so, he passes through various timelines and universes where we see Christopher Reeves, Superman, Adam West, Batman, Linda Carter as wonder woman, um, Nicholas Cage as Superman and George Clooney as Batman. Barry returns to 2001 and puts the cans uh, back on the shelf. John and Schnapp. Ro- and uh, puts the cans back on the up. shelf. Mm, yeah. And John Schnapp did a whole documentary on the Nick Cage Superman. Yeah. yeah. Barry returns to 2001 and puts the cans back on the shelf and runs into his mother, Nora, and, as he's going to leave. The two share oh, a yeah. tender moment as Barry accepts letting her go once and for all. Barry travels back through through the speed force where he returns to present day and encounters a Batman from Barry's reaction. It's not Ben Affleck's Batman, but the audience is not able to see who it is. And then Bestman writes, though not stated, I believe the Batman at the end is left intentionally vague and is to set up for James Gunn's DCU. Thus that Batman is likely the Batman that will appear in the brave and the bold film. And not Nolan or Reeves' Batman. Which I think sounds like very likely. That makes sense. Yeah, they've been talking about Ezra for a while, right? That they seem to be a big fan of him. Like yeah. despite what he's done and kind of want to continue working with him. Obviously it's dependent, I think, on the success of the Flash. But um yeah, so I think that's just them covering their own ass to be like, right, if this is successful, if this does well, of course like it. We'll continue with Ezra, and he's in the new DCU, right? Um, which is smart on their behalf. Um, but again, if it does, if it isn't successful, will people really want a sequel to it. Like, will they want answers to that movie? Who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess. It, it, I mean, well, based off of what like happens in the in the story that we just read. Barry has now accepted his mother's death and that that's, that's life. Right. 
So, yeah. and then if that's the Batman, then he's now that's the universe. Then I, I, I don't, I could see him just being Flash and then just moving forward, right? At the end of mm-hmm. the day, it would just be business, business as usual for him now because he's changed everything. And I gotta say though, every single time, so like, like I wanted to see this movie because of Michael Keaton. Like Michael Keaton's mm-hmm. Batman is my my sole reason why why I will see the movie. And every fucking moment that they show him in the trailers, he's fucking stupid. It's fucking dumb. Like I, I don't know if I'm gonna if I'm gonna like the movie right now. I'm thinking I'm not gonna not gonna like it. When he says let's get crazy and he like it's so fucking cringy. Let's like, get that nuts. Was to be fair. Or, yeah, let's let's get nuts. It's just so fucking cringy and dumb. To to be fair, mm-hmm. Campia said that he felt the same way with that line. But that in the movie it totally made sense, and he so. okay, okay, yeah, yeah. We maybe cannot underestimate Mark trailers. Taking, yeah, tra- taking things that like like they fly now wasn't a big deal, and hardly the problem with that fucking movie, right? <laughs> like, oh yeah, because like, the fuck they about fly that. Now, they fly, like who cares? Like, but they, yeah. but look how the internet made a big deal out of that, you know? Yeah. Like, no, no, but this isn't about the. This is about me though. I was the one who saw it and I cringed. I was like, oh, that's so dumb. And when he says I'm Batman, he's like. Batman, and I was just like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And then they they put that fucking thing on like those elevator doors and the elevator ads and shit. He's all like, "I'm just like, what the fuck is?" Look, this? I'm with you. I, I I'm I I don't want it. I want to have fun. I don't want yeah, to yeah. make fun. And yeah, yeah. When it starts to feel like making fun, you know, you can like. But most people... it, it feels like a line that was read specifically for the big gulp Taco Bell tie-in or the AMPM tie-in mm-hmm. for you know, like right. when we get nuts. And then it's like, you know, two for one corn nuts with the free, free corn nuts. At five, guys, you get free peanuts when you enter the door. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But most people right. seem to like the performance that Michael Keaton does give in this movie. Right. I, I don't trust them. They might be right, but right now I don't trust them. You know what I mean? Like right now when I – because like at the same time when I was like reading reactions to the trailers and stuff like that, um, I wasn't seeing people fucking having my my reaction to Michael Keaton in it. They're like Michael Keaton back, yeah, fuck yeah, and shit like that. And I'm like, this is this is like really this is terrible. Like you know you know it's like give him like you know I don't know. It just I, I I'm but but the fact that it, people are saying it plays better in the film than it did in the ads that's that's hope for me. You know. So what do you think of the plot itself? Like I think I think it's good. I, th- I think it's really good. I uh, I was telling you like yesterday when. We we're talking about it. Like, I actually think that, like, in terms of the excuse for the tri- time travel and the multiple berries, the multiple flash, the, the flash dance, um, it's, I think it's actually better on paper than the Spider Man film, where you, where the, with the excuse to get the three Spider Man. Like, this right here makes more sense. This, like, if you have the fucking power, you have the ability, how are you not going to test it? How, how, you know what I mean? Like, that kind of thing. It's like I, I made a wish and oh I don't watch out what you wish for like fuck that that's fucking lame it's a good movie it's a fun movie but you know that's fucking com- comparatively speaking this this makes uh, on paper as a script from what I would assume we'd all probably do it right like Barry yeah his well, his parents when right. he was like three or something like when he's three he's like five or something but we'd all like want to go back and you know fix that I don't know how to save my mom from forty years of of alcoholism but. I would go I, back just to hang out at Toys R Us in 1985 or six. You know, you, you run, you run really fast, <laughs> and then you say, "I'm your son from the future. Don't drink." And then you run really no. fast again back to. 
and it, yeah, that is just not, I tried, but I tried telling her that it, it doesn't work, Jason. The no, no, question, no, what can we do about Mitt Romney and Capital? Can we somehow oh. stop them from destroying Toys R Us and KBs? Right. If we went back, yeah. I'll be honest, what I would do, I'd probably probably run really fast right into Donald Trump's pregnant mother. That's what I would do. But um, anyways, uh, to, to to move on, I think it's going to be a good movie though. I I, I do think it's yeah. like like I do think it's going to be a good movie. My my whole thing about it is my whole like reason is I I, I love Michael Keaton Batman. Like that's that's my Batman from mm-hmm. when I'm a kid. And and I, but I also think that like Michael Keaton, like our generation, Rob, like Batman is our, that's like our Batman. But as is Nolan, because we're like we're like nine ish when that one comes out and we're like 24 ish when the other one comes out so 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 like people of our generation also can have two very different ideas about what batman specifically is well, or should up, be i mm-hmm. grew up a fan of the turtles comic and in, in the cart and had the cartoon and the movie which are all three separate things in time fucking turtles 2 is completely yeah. separate from turtles 1 when you really I mean it's a whole different april it's fucking yeah. weird um Jason, Sophia was hotter, Coppola's though, choice. Sophia Coppola's choice here Sophia for you, Coppola's right? choice. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Felonious. That's what he called it. Uh, 70-year-old Michael Keaton Batman or 70, 80-year-old Harrison Ford Indiana Jones? Oh, if I could only have one, I would pick Indiana yep. Jones. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah Indiana Jones. But, but, but if I had to pick in this film Christopher Nolan's Batman – or Michael Keaton's Batman, I think um, Christopher or Christian Bell's Batman, Christian Bell Batman. I think um, Christian Bell's Batman would not be fun in this movie, and I think he would tonally not sit as well as Michael Keaton does. So I think the Michael the, movie the would choice have to be dark in general. Yeah, it would have to be a lot different. It would have to be, like, be way more serious and a lot less fun by the sounds by the sounds of things. And in that in pool, what if he just falls in a pool all the time? Because he was pretty funny when he fell in the pool. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Right. And he bought the like, hotel. He just buys hotels. The he just whole movie buys it. Falls in the pool. Fucking buys yeah. it. He's a, he's a playboy. Yeah. But um, yeah. So it's like you know, I, I'm like when I when I read the story, I, I like it. Like I, I like that 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 story. I can see how Snyder is saying like like the last uh, the, the uh, third act or whatever seems like very messy. But you know, it, inherently, whenever you go with a story where you are changing a, a past timeline, a past event in a timeline, people are just inherently going to say it's messy and feel that that it probably is for the most part. And uh, Back to the Future Part Two is my favorite Back to the Future movie, and this one, you know, best, I I like time this. travel stories eleven twenty two sixty three solves all of his time travel stuff really easy. It's not as good as Back to the Future though. It's better. Nah, you're. you're uh, fucking you want to know who didn't read that fucking book huey lewis dog that's who you, you know who also didn't fucking pay attention to back to the future bob gale when he wrote back to future two and three and put that chicken fucking bullshit in there no, no, what are you chicken no. he ain't chicken he, he didn't care about being chicken it's ridiculous when when bob gale was writing back to the future homeboy was writing maximum overdrive okay yeah, he put Green Goblin as Optimus Prime. Who doesn't want that? Like, no, I, I, <laughs> if if cocaine ain't fueling your scripts, no. <laughs> I, I actually, I actually do love that 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 movie for the record. But it does prove that Stephen <laughs> King is a fucking lunatic at the end of the day, too. And yeah, yeah, and, I, I think, and I, and I, I, I still say Bob Gale's. If you if you guys are are ones that hate the nuke the fridge, you could thank Bob Gale for that one. You know, like 
We got. I don't. I don't. I don't hate. I don't hate the fridge. I. I like. Yeah. I. I like the. Uh, the. Uh, the uh, fridge moment. I like all of the. Um, the atomic age jokes and stuff in that film. That 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 stuff's all all good. Like I said, for for me, it's Karen Allen. You know, Karen Allen. Karen what? was the thing that broke that movie. But what's that? So what? So what do you think of the the flash plot, Rob? What are your expectations now based off of that? Uh. It, it sounds like it's going to be like what The Mummy was to me in 99, a fun summer movie. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Go in there, have a fun summer movie that rewards people who paid attention for all these years. And if you don't, you're probably going to get a fun, fun time at the theaters, you know? Like, and I don't mean, like, like the fact that, like, they died and he had to keep trying, like, that. that's your montage sequence to me. Like, that's your, you know, a montage should be a mini movie. It shouldn't be, like, all the shit you couldn't fit into the film or you had to get through like i could see him trying that over and over again just a or it could be a dramatic montage it could be like just doesn't work just doesn't work so i like those types of things and the thing at the end i mean if they're gonna play this as the capstone the problem with this being a capstone to the snyder shit is fucking aquaman 2 still coming out so it's it's kind of like logan felt like the end of the the fox x-men but then we got deadpool right afterward right (laughs) and then they made a new mutants and you're like Let's just pretend it was the end of the Fox stuff. So, um, but it does sound fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and Aquaman too. They showed like footage of it yesterday at CinemaCon, and all the reaction to that has been negative. Unlike what they were showing. Dude, did Splash. you hear? Did, did you look? I know actors. Anyone doing interviews generally is a lot of hyperbole, right, Jason? If you've you've conducted, you, I mean, I know. Have you guys done a lot of interviews? I mean, I know you did um at best here, Jason, but have you done a lot of? Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I was an ethnographer like before, you know, interviewing. So they were people. interviewing, interviewing Aquaman, right? Uh, Jason Momoa, and he said he wrote a fifty-page treatment for this movie with his girlfriend. A <laughs> fifty pages, <laughs> like. like Folks, I don't think you understand. A treatment's yeah. like a, a page or two. Okay. Like, it's like okay. maybe well, six. Let, like, let me <laughs> let me let me contextualize it for everybody. Uh, the sequel trilogy treatment by Michael Arndt was forty pages for all three films. All three films. All three films, yeah. So like like you're thinking maybe a dozen tw- twenty pages. It's just a treatment's not fifty pages, man. It's almost a fucking film. Like that. That's that like is literally a Disney script. channel. Yeah, that's a South Park. That's a South Park movie for certain. Of course, like, <laughs> that's, that's a Paramount Plus fucking release right there. Yeah, that's longer than episodes of Mandalorian. Most of them. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I was just blown away by that. Like, who lets who 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 lets their actor run around writing fifty-page treatments? Like, you can't be in a good spot. Ezra, I don't know. Ezra Miller and Grant Morrison also wrote a treatment for The Flash at one point, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Grant yeah. Morrison has that slick accent, and everyone just gets mesmerized by him when he talks. He Schnepp had him. He he narrates the opening to the the the, the death of the Nicolas Cage the Superman Lives documentary, and he like tells the story of Superman. Imagine a story of a orphan, and like when he tells it to you, you're just like it's fucking mystical. This guy's a goddamn mystic. I'll start a church or something. I'll join the cult. But yeah. um, but yeah, I mean that's one of those things where. I think like every actor wants to be the producer of their own film. Like they're going to be the one to put like, Gal Gadot produced Wonder Woman 84. See what I'm saying? Like, like, mm-hmm. and, 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 um, what was it? Harley Quinn. Um, that actor, Margot Robbie. Harley Quinn. Margot Robbie produced birds of prey. 
And I do think the problem with being in charge of the vehicles that you yourself are going to be headlining is you don't you don't have anyone you don't know when you've gone too far right <laughs> like no one's gonna tell the boss hey this is uh this is a little much you know we should tone this back so very few people can successfully do it i mean props to stallone for knowing you know he well, I mean, he didn't produce but he wanted you know he was trying to do the whole thing right yeah, i wrote this thing but it turns out i'm fucking stupid Rocky. can somebody do it yeah, for Rocky. me <laughs> Rocky, yeah. you know, he wanted to direct that too. They wouldn't let him, but like, but like, there there is a point, dude, where it's like you can't. I don't know. I'm I'm really hesitant of actors who try to produce major temple four quadrant films. It's very difficult to make these. You know, there's too many, like little A24 films. Fuck, I'll watch all that weird shit. You know, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I I don't know why. Why anybody would ever go like, oh, Jason Momoa is good looking, therefore he should write Aquaman. I'll tell you why. Because he's following all these, it's all these screenwriting YouTube videos. You could just, you know, just read the structure and you go story circle and <laughs> yeah. inciting incident and by the twelfth page and there we go, done. You know, like, like look, we, I could sit as- here and give you notes. Like, hey, I think this, this, or that. But then they go, well, what would you write? I'm not a fucking writer, man. Like, I'm not a professional screenwriter. You got to go through a lot of shit to get to that point. Or or be one of those auteurs that just makes a brilliant one piece that fucking shoots you to the, to, 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 you know, to the top group. But I think about this. Like, Shyamalan was at the top of his game. And look what happened to him, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Six Sense, Unbreakable, and Signs, and yeah, just straight down. Yeah, I did. I did like old Knockout the Cabin though. That's kind of fun. Old. I'm. I'm actually like kind of liking his like shit stage of his career where he just like kind of like you know what I'm not good, so I'm gonna do like Knockout the Cabin. I'm gonna do old like just the movies that like like they're kind of shitty but they're kind but they're intriguing. He's got a TV series on Apple, right? The Servant. Oh I'm yeah, yeah. It's decent. Yeah, yeah. I, I was mean to check it out, but then I'm always like, I don't want to start something that I can't finish. You know, want to be well, starting as, something. It's a good thing Ezra Miller and the Momoa didn't like get the treatments off the ground. It didn't help uh, Aquaman. Apparently, that is like dog shit, and the footage that was shown. Nobody. I'm gonna be honest with you. The first movie was dog shit. Like, like I rarely yeah. fucking say that. I tried, guys. Yeah. I try, I'm a I'm a man of I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's like like if if that Phantom Menace George Lucas just kept going, you know, it'll be like that. And I'm like, this is fucking it's just like when the traffic's all like when they're trying to get in that underwater city and they gotta go through one fucking cavern. I'm like, just go over the fucking don't go f- swim over it. Like you don't have to stay in the way. Like, it's just shit like that. You know? <laughs> like, some stupid, some people dude. some people who saw the footage at a cinema con for Aquaman said that uh, that uh, Avatar The Way of Water ruined it for them. Because of, like, obviously the movie's all underwater, and they were like, yeah, this just looks absolutely dog shit now. Like, mm. Avatar well, that's, ruined it for us. That, who told me that? I was talking to a friend, I was talking to a, an old friend of mine who brought up, um, he had saw Black Panther after Avatar, and he's like, why is it so dark in the water scenes? You know, and I'm like, um. because fucking nobody spent the amount of time recreating the way light 
is captured by cameras underwater the way Weta and James Cameron did. So now all this other like artsy sort of CGI fakery version of it, it's not cutting it, dude. Like, <laughs> you yeah. know, like it's not. So that's that's kind of unfair to every other production going forward because they're just not going to spend time. I do know that's why Weta put out all the they open source the data on that um so that other studios could you you know utilize it but that doesn't mean anything for any production happening now you know like right yeah just just down down the road i wonder i wonder why they would do that i wonder if they were like it's gonna get out anyway so let's just be altruistic about it or if it was if it was like um, you, know. you know that that studio has been pretty good though like like when they were making the first avatar they had to ship when they had those 12 vendors they had to ship to they shipped a bunch of shit to ILM and one of them was that scene where the fucking uh this the dragon the the Quaritch ship when he gets in the mech jumps out of it and it crashes behind him and explodes yeah the fire for that that shot ILM had to do and they and I've said this before like they um they had to Weta had come up with these great fire like algorithms or whatever and um they wanted to give it to ILM and like lawyers just intervened on that like studio mm. lawyers so i think it's because of so like on that production ilm had to go and recreate and match all their their work to make it consistent because they care yeah. right i mean if they guess they didn't care but i think putting that out there early maybe will prevent you know future lawyers from getting involved when you do need help and then you know because some things like like i get you want some proprietary work but it doesn't help like you're gonna need help with other studios you're not gonna be able to do everything and if those other students come in and got to do mocap work and they they can't use the the photo you know the the, fa right. the facial capture that you're using they have to go back to old fucking hand animation you're you fucked your own <laughs> you're gonna get the credit as weta no one goes avatar weta and 11 other vendors or 12 other vendors they go yeah. weta so that's the beneficial you know move on well and if it looks like shit, they go weta drop the ball in that shot Correct. And, and, Correct. and uh, you, know, you know that that Weta did the um, practical like props for like the armor and the swords and stuff for the conquistadors and stuff in Indiana Jones for. They, they did all of that stuff. I think they might have might have done the Crystal Skull as well. But wait, wait for Weta and what? And and Crystal Skull and Indiana Jones right. and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Like like when they find what's his name Arello Arella's body or whatever. Something like that, and like in, you know, uh, the set, the 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 temple set. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. like um, yeah, that that stuff was um, like what it what did like the armor and all that stuff because they were you know the Lord of the Rings guys did it. Yeah, so. Richard Taylor's Richard Taylor was probably on that one. Mm. He was running the, the props division. Yeah, that's uh, Roger Taylor's brother from Queen. People don't know that. <laughs> I made that up. That's not we true. Take we put so much care in the sword. We etched every detail. My own DNA is in this glove. You know, like it's that for four hours on the Lord of the Rings DVDs. Like, I shit you not, dude. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's. We, we've we've gone really long today because we had a lot to yeah. lot to hit. So, and you spoiled the entire film. Thanks, Jason. We did it. It's a good spoiler show, I think. Um, <laughs> Jeez, oh, and Bar Barnaby um, says, I heard Favreau is leaving Lucasfilm. Nah, I, I didn't hear anything about that. That just sounds like some dumb bullshit. 
people sleep in the ghost of the mode be a huge story in the trades. It wouldn't be on probably some guy who, uh, you know, wears a mask or something's YouTube show. Um, and then what else we got? Yeah. And then, yeah, crawling chaos. You could back it up a little bit. It's like, so the writer is striking down star Wars stuff. Uh, they haven't struck yet, but we talked about like what all of it will mean. So that way we can shorthand it in the future. And if people can't keep up, we will refer them to this episode. No, I'm just kidding. Um, this, this is a show where we, we, we just force people to keep up or fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you, Bespin, for, for writing all of that shit out and copying it all and putting it together and stuff. Thanks, Bespin. Thanks for saving stuff. me the 10 bucks. Uh, go, go see the movie. Now I can give it to you on coffee, right? Right, everyone? You can go give him and, a coffee. You know, you and, uh, yeah, you can give Bespin a coffee because now you won't get lifetime banned from the WGA in the future. Someday. Yeah. Someday, Rob. Never say never. Never say never, Rob. Okay. Never, n- never, no retreat, no surrender. <laughs> but we'll, um, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk about whatever the Star Wars news is. And uh, I got m- stuff pretty much set up for, for Jedi Survivor. So I'm not sure if I'm if we'll do a show tomorrow or if I'll just start streaming Survivor tomorrow night for a bit because we did such a the big band? show today. Yes, the band. No, oh, Jedi Survivor, yes. the uh, the uh, Star uh, Wars video game. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So like right now I have it set up where I could stream to Twitch and then when I end that stream the video uploads to YouTube automatically. And so I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it live to it, but I have an idea. I'm going to try it tonight. I'm going to do a little test. I'm going to try it tonight um, to use my iPad to do it, to make it like stream Twitch to YouTube. Um, they might work. It might not, but I'm going to try it. So, but the, but I, anyways, if you want to watch the whole Jedi survivor game and me and my son play it and, you know, just hang out, um, those videos will be hitting them this week. So I'm going to do it. I don't care. Can't stop me. Drop it. But all right, guys, um, and I'll see everybody in a bit. And uh, thanks for hanging out with us today, Bespin. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll message you, Rob, and let you know if there's any news tomorrow, we'll do it. But there's no news, so I'm just going to stream the game. I think that's the plan. So, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you know, you know. So, so tomorrow's Survivor. Tomorrow's the, the big day. Oh, and if you did buy Jedi Survivor and you want to play it tomorrow night at 9 o'clock Pacific Center time when it's uh, released – you should preload it now because you could you could install it now and go through all of that today instead of waiting until nine o'clock tomorrow when you'll be sad hearing all of your friends play while you're waiting. So do that, losers. And Jason, and, and if you're going to play Jedi Survivor and you just want to tune out and not pay attention, you can listen to the Joker Mask review I did with Paul right with there. Paul. Some links. You can go check that Paul. out right there. You mm-hmm. Go there. You you can totally just give me a like. It would help. It's free. Just walk yeah. over to like the thing. You don't have to yeah, lick it. You know I mean? Lick it. Yeah. Lick it yeah, with you your tongue. You you take your phone. Take your phone and be like this, Blake. That's what they want you to do. That's Jeez. how you like it. Oh, Eric. Eric, guys. Steaming with yeah. COVID. You have no idea what you just did to yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I have COVID. I just, I've had it the whole time. That's uh, normal, right? You have it for like, I've had it for like two, like, like five years. I was the first one. That's, that's normal, yeah. right? All right, everybody else, nobody's watching the show at this point. Anyway, I collect the phone. All right, I'll see everybody tomorrow. Bye. It's the Bye. end of the show. Come on, let's go. Hey! It's the end of the show. Come on, let's go. Hey! It's the end of the show. Come on, let's go. Hey! No, you should go. Come on, let's go. It's not about spaceships.